I'm pretty good at it. Yep. I, I'm going to start. Ready? One, two, three. Hello. Welcome to another episode of, oh, wait, he just did it for me. The yeah. three. Two. Yeah. No, it's no two and one are silent, Joe. Ah. Uh, from from Wayne's World, bro. bro. Yeah. Blitz TV, man. Yeah, man. So two, Blitz Kids World. Yeah. Um, hi guys welcome to pizza punk where we talk about pizza we talk about punk and we just talk about stuff uh i'm pizza jeff aka t- today i'm from a celly for a good reason because i'm gonna we're gonna talk with joe we gotta talk we gotta talk joe i've already and told I'm the pizza story. joe yeah this is pizza joe and um joe joe you know i was trying to remember all the bands that joe has been a part of and i think i got this because you know what's funny i'm not i've never been I'm not in the horror punk scene. I've never been really in the horror punk scene, but I know a lot of these horror punk guys. I know a lot You're of in the horror punk scene. I know a lot of history. I know a you lot of You wish you weren't in the horror punk scene. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Okay, let me see if I can name all of and I know a lot more of them because I like listening to Joe and Loki on Monday nights when I'm doing my four mile walk. I like to listen to Joe and Loki go at it. And now now Joe is canceled. It's a shame. It's a real no, shame. you know, you know, I got a spot on Fridays now. Oh, I good. got brought back. I haven't listened to the latest episode, so I didn't. I didn't get to hear you guys resolve. Yeah, that. by by the end, we, yeah, I worked into Fridays. Okay, cool. So, Joe, you played in. Ready for this? You played in a band called Dead by Dawn. You played. Oh, called- you're gonna be all right at this. All right. You played in a band called Angelson. You sure. played in Mister Monster. You played in Gotham Road. You played in a band called I Hate the Color of Your Skin. You played in um, Daryl Chemical Company, Doomsday Prophecy, Blitz Kid, um, Michael Graves, obviously. And, um, ooh, 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 I, I'm, I'm missing something. I'm missing something. I don't know. Wait, wait, let me think about this for a second. Let me think about this for a second. What else did you play in? Uh, it's killing. Can you give me a hint? Is it's it, the same, it would be the same as like uh, Gotham Road as to Michael Graves. Okay. Oh, right. Would, uh, Argyle Goolsby. You played for uh, Argyle Goolsby. Or is it Argyle, Argyle Goolsby and Argyle Goolsby in the River Midnight? Right. Because those are two separate things, technically, right? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. You'd have to ask him. Yeah. Um, it's a great operation. It's a good just to have a bunch of different bands and just go, go with the flow, do your thing. Dude, I'm impressed, man. Yeah, it ain't easy. It ain't easy. Um, I performed so, it. I performed in the Lost Boys once too. That's right. And so, and the, and for those who are not familiar, for those who who love that Misfits '95 history, the Lost Boys was Michael and Chud and Jason, and um, you came up and did guitar. Or I was bass? a guest. I wasn't a member of the Lost okay. Boys. The Lost Boys played two shows. Um, Right. The Lost Boys played at Razzles in Seaside Heights. That was Michael and Chud's first band out of the Misfits. Those right, pre graves right. So it was the right. first thing they did out of the Misfits before they ultimately go back. Um, and then they played another show. They got Jason to play bass. Um, and I got brought down. Dude, there were like five people at the show. Like literally like five people. The venue was the wine cellar. And there were about five people there. Um, it, you know, um, you, you know this dude. Um What's his name? Um, uh, Alf. You know Alf? You know Alf. Super Misfits fan, man. Alf's been around forever. 
I don't know. Crazy. Well, Alf was there. Okay. Um, Alf, Jason's girlfriend. Uh, 98, 99, whenever they left Misfits for the first time. It's on Wikipedia, man. You can look it up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You look they up the Lost Boys on Wikipedia. 98? Look it up on Wikipedia. Well, oh, I mean, the Mike Hideous thing happened in 98. Well, did you, is the, let me ask you a question. Is this hockey camp thing? Well, that would be the Mike Hideous thing. Right. But I was, Loki said it's not true. Loki said the hockey thing it's is not. Do you agree with it? No, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, it is a myth. That's, it is that's, a myth. The, that's the story, yeah. Right, so it's really a Jerry-only power play is the truth. No, well, I think we're, we're uh, man, I, I don't want to say this because I want to be wrong, but I believe what my knowledge of the story is is that um, Michael was to do, Michael had canceled two or three times a hockey excursion, a getaway, a camp of sort with his friend and it had been canceled two times with his buddy and yeah. he had blocked off the dates to do this um, hockey camp thing mm-hmm. with his buddy. Mm-hmm. And I guess they had booked dates through it after he had for the third time blocked off these dates that he was unavailable to do it and canceled it two other times. I believe on the third time, I believe this is my memory. Right. Um. That the no third time, he was he was the he was expected to show up for these dates, and and he said, "No, man, fucking, I told you guys, you know, I can't do it." So fucking, I I think so I mixed up the kind of true, but he he had canceled twice before for the misfits, and on the third time he put his foot down. Yes. Okay. Well, that's I don't know if he actually went to the hockey camp. I don't know. I, I don't remember. Oh, you um, know, I will say this. The, the official that, story and the narrative yeah. um, all get messed up. Michael's not lying. That's not what I'm saying. Right. Um, but but there is a, a semi-truth to the hockey thing. It, it doesn't come out of nowhere. Well, Joe. Um, the story becomes that Michael was going to join the NHL, though. You know, like, right, right. But, Joe, you, you, you watch my show, on the, the Misfit show, and you know that we explore the various different like inter like stages of, of Jerry only and how the narrative changes based on the time period. And so therefore there's, it's always like, I always think there's, you know, there's two sides and then there's the truth. And that's somewhere what you just described sounds more like somewhere in between like the real reality of the situation, not just, Hey, I'm going to go play hockey. I can't go on tour in South America. Yeah, That is, that is not, that's not the case. Um, I, I believe I believe the official story goes, and I believe this is I, I this is to be true, is that uh Mike, Michael's visas weren't taken care of as well as when he was to enter um the other countries, his visas weren't to be taken care of, and um I have a I have a clipping that you can't find um from like MTV News or something like that, like MTV's um website or whatever that i printed out announcing my hideous for the tour and everything like that too huh. um and, and it straight up says that michael was leaving to go to hockey camp or to, uh, to join the nhl or something which is total bullshit dude total well, bullshit um, it's framed a certain way in that living the american nightmare documentary so oh i'm not even referring to that that's not even what i'm yeah. referring to um, uh, um i'm citing wikipedia during yeah. a break in touring in 2000 
Okay. Graves and Dr. Chud formed a band called the Lost Boys. They played two shows before the Misfits regrouped to embark upon another tour, oh. um, which was their last tour with this lineup. The first Lost Boys show consisted of Graves on acoustic and uh, acoustic guitar and vocals, while Dr. Chud played drums. They played oh. Misfits songs, and they had they had written while the band they had written while in the band, as well as others which came later. Um, to be uh, song other songs to be used in, um, for the band Graves, which gotcha. Graves wrote. Um, the second show was the same music played at the first show, only this time the lineup consisted of Graves on vocals and an electric guitar. He used Doyle's um, old Ibanez Iceman, which was used to record such Misfits albums as Walk Among Earth Us AD. and Earth AD. Yes. It was only used for feedback on Earth AD, apparently. And was given oh. to Graves as a gift upon joining the Misfits in 1995. Dr. Chud on drums and Jason Trioxin on bass. Later, as an encore set, J.V. Bastard took the stage and joined the band to play guitar as Graves sang. Before that's I played you. classic Misfits... That's, that's me. That's you. Um, before I played classic Misfits songs... From the 1977 to 1983 era of the band, yes. At the end of the show, um, basically they played through their like bunch of songs or whatever, um, and the the rabid crowd of fucking ten people were requesting every fucking yo skulls, fucking mommy, fucking. And Graves didn't know those fucking songs, so fucking. And Graves didn't know me either. You oh my god, at that he point. freaking bro, he butchered. I saw a video where he butchered Astro Zombies so bad on guitar so, vocals on vocals man he just he starts with the second verse of the song or something and i'm like that's not right and i don't know <laughs> jack about jack about music. i was like that's not right <laughs> and um listen i mean the, listen at that point they were doing so much they were doing newer material so it didn't you know he probably you know all got all shuffled around in there i won't i won't i won't bi- i won't uh break his balls for that there's other things to break his balls for um but um, how, how do we get on this? Inf- oh, here's what I wanted to ask you. Hold on. You we were doing my resume. Right. We were doing your resume. So what was the last? Uh, oh, yeah. Argyle Ghouls. I was also, um, I was also um, uh, uh, Mark Ramones drum tech and personal assistant. Right. I heard those stories. Those were, those were fun stories. I, I'm pretty I got proud to- of that one, man. I mean, it was a short term, to- but that's a pretty good resume point, man. I worked for, I was the drum tech for a, a rock and roll hall of famer. It's a biggie. Yeah. It's probably bigger than some of the bands I was in. Yeah, yeah. He um I got to interview him while he ate bagel chips uh at at a uh, I don't know if you guys have them out there. I forgot the name of the store, uh, uh Chef Central, where he was promoting his his pizza sauce. Yeah. And he just sitting there. Never and... tried it. Did you try it? I did. I bought a jar. How was it? That's when I got the interview. I said, "Marky, I had him sign my jar. You know, I figured uh, the way I'm going to get this guy to give me an interview cold." No press, no, no. I didn't contact his PR person or anything. I just went, I bought a jar of sauce. And when I went up there to take my photo, I said, Marky, can I interview you? And as he signed the sauce, I said, sure, wait around. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give you a few minutes. And he did. He gave me a soundbite for my Misfits documentary. So, you know. I'll tell you, Marky was fucking awesome to me, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I heard. Was, I heard. Those were. I, uh, was, I was paid well. You I was fucking. Care. I was taken care of. Um, the last day I worked for him, um, me, Michael, and Marky, I have a, I have a plane ticket. It's, uh, I'm so proud of it, man. If you would have told 15-year-old Joe that yeah. you would have um, had a document or, or, or had an experience like this, I, I would have shit my pants. But I have a plane ticket that's it's, it says Mark, his last name, uh-huh. um, Michael Graves, and mm-hmm. Joe Basta. Hmm. 
So me, a misfit, and a fucking Ramon, man, on a fucking plane together, bro. So anyway, we're walking through the airport that day, leaving Mexico City, and Marky caught my eye catching um, uh, a massage, like, people in the airport. He bought you massage, bro. right? He did, dude. He bought me a fucking massage, man. He paid the fucking lady extra good, totally gave me a great massage, fucking right out of his pocket. Ramon's money, fucking good good massage. You yep. cheated on your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. I remember your girlfriend. Joe, that's what I wanted to ask. Who was my girlfriend at the time? What, your 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 human girlfriend at or your time. at your at, Oh, at are you talking about my Thurricane? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about your Thurricane, bro. What are you talking about? I don't think I had the Thurricane yet, so that's not true. Um, yeah, I don't think I had the Thurricane yet. Yeah, no, not yet. I don't think I had that until yeah, You're I didn't like, have oh, let me introduce you to my girlfriend and you pulled out the cane. Yeah. On the it's blitz. Funny you remember that. Oh, of course, I, dude! I remember so much stuff. That's my that's my road girlfriend, dude. Right, that's why I was saying your girlfriend, I, not not your actual girlfriend. Um, yeah. But here's my question, Joe: Have you stopped drinking Diet Coke? No. You still drinking Diet I, Coke? I'm yeah, concerned. I'm, still drinking Diet Coke. I'm drinking it right now. Concerned. I agree um, with you. I, I'm a little concerned too. Let me ask you a question: Was that machine calibrated to your liking? Which one? Uh, uh, the soda machine? Which, which one? Well, did you get did you get that that diet coke from a fountain machine from a fountain or is that? No, this is from a bottle. It's from a bottle. Oh, I'm sorry, my my mistake. Because I have you... a specific. Uh, let me tell you though, I have a specific glass. Right, I've had this glass yeah. for years. It's a cheesy Halloween glass. It says "Rest in peace." It glows in the dark. Nice. I will only drink soda out of this glass. It had me. If thinking I drink like... it out of a glass, if I drink it out of another plastic cup or another type of plastic, it tastes different. I don't like it. I bet that. I, I bet that's true. Do you prefer Diet Coke in a plastic bottle, or do you like the fountain version? It depends. Yeah, it, it depends. Like you said, man, how how calibrated the machine is. You know, like sure. what kind of ice you're talking about. Um, there's like a fact that McDonald's, for instance, um, has better fountain soda than other places. Like it, it's like a thing you could research it. Um, you know, they like, make the most money. That's where they make their. The, it's the thing that it's the cheapest thing that they make the most money on because they get the highest profit margin from their sodas. Because it literally it costs them a penny for a soda, and they can charge you know a buck thirty nine or whatever you know two dollars and thirty nine cents for a large. I mean, that's as long as it ain't watered down, dude. Fucking, uh, let me tell you, fucking, if it's crispy. Those McDonald's, I don't eat a lot of McDonald's at all, but let me tell you, a McDonald's Diet Coke, if it's crispy, man, it, it is one of the best Diet Cokes you can have. Well, you know, it's not. Funny. the one thing I did hear you say on, oh God, I'm trying to remember what you said. I started listening to the episode you did with uh, Loki, and you were talking about, wasn't Diet Coke, you were talking about, oh, this is going to bother me. It's on the tip of my tongue. I have to come back to it. Um, well, in Europe, we're drinking Coke Light. <laughs> yeah no not coke light coke zero no coke light isn't coke zero oh you're talking about coffee. Oh, they got coke zero too you're talking oh about yeah, 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 yeah you only drink black coffee listen now i drink black coffee man because my manhood has been fucking questioned you can have i've had that same manhood challenge i just want to tell you this you i don't have like, coffee listen i know how to drink a black cup of coffee if i need to i do i truly it do. ain't bad man it ain't bad. It ain't bad at all. It, it's as a matter of fact, it's perfectly fine. However, still there sure. are areas, just the way that you can have your toast, you can have your toast at a v- variety of shades. There are many shades of coffee, and you could find you could split the difference, Joe. 
you can find when no one's looking, when your girlfriend's not around, when no one's around, you can put a little sugar and a little milk in there, just enough to get it, you know, chocolatey, you know, like milk chocolatey. Let me tell you, the flavor, how much milk is a little? That's that's up to you. That's at your discretion, Joe. No one's got. How see. do you sneak that milk in there? Well, you you don't like, have. Do you like whisper milk. it to the barista? I mean, like, oh, oh, you're talking about if you're out in a spot. I'm talking what you're not brewing coffee at home. Oh yeah, I am. But my girlfriend usually makes it. Oh, see, that's your problem. You got to circle, and it's an open, you know, it's an open mug, dude. So I mean, like, she's gonna see if there's a little fucking cream in there, bro. You gotta, you gotta work on that, man. There's a way to have to take and eat it too. You know, it's too late. I think you know, like, I, listen, I, I was a French vanilla light and sweet guy. I'm Dunkin' Donuts man personally. Go to Dunkin' Donuts, French vanilla light and sweet. That was my thing. Now, my fucking black. You know, as a matter of fact, to be completely honest with you, my girl wasn't around for a little while. I did switch back to fucking French vanilla light and sweet. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Um, I did. I did. It was a little bit because of simplicity. Because um, my mother, my mother has just the same coffee as I used to, so it was like simplicity. I would just order two of those or whatever. But you know what, man? Spare for the fact that black coffee, black coffee. Here's the thing: it sucks about getting black coffee when you get it at Dunkin' Donuts or something like that. It's yeah. fucking hot as balls, dude. Without the milk. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it takes you like fucking ten more minutes to be able to drink it because it's fucking piping hot. Oh, yeah, I let it, I let it stand for a little bit. I have to. Well, fucking when it's fucking light and I'm sorry, when it's light and sweet, you don't have to. When it's black, you know, listen, you gotta let get, it sit. Can we get pizza out of the way. Let's get pizza out of the way because we have to talk about pizza, pizza punk. But let me. I'm gonna ask you the thesis question, and then from here on out, it's all downhill. Okay, oh. here's the question. The question is, is pizza punk? And if so, why is pizza punk? And pizza is absolutely answer. punk. Why? Pizza is absolutely punk. Because because it, it is the denomination. Um, it is it is often the payment in which a band is 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 paid for their services. Um, um from being a kid and, and and playing in bands like dude, I was going on tour when I was 17 years old. In fans that we didn't have a lot of respect, man. Pizza was respect. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're like, if you weren't gonna get paid, or even if you were gonna get paid, even when you do get paid handsomely to play a gig, pizza is often the denomination of your meal. That I mean, pizza, pizza is the hospitality in those in those instances, right? Especially in the so, U.S. when you were with Blitz no, yeah. Do you remember? Um, do you remember the the day we got to Moscow? Did you get a pizza in Moscow? I don't. The night we got there. Remember, I don't remember what I ate, dude. I remember you telling that to Loki. I Bro. don't remember. I remember, dude, you refreshed my mind when I listened to you talk about that. You were blowing me away because you refreshed my mind on so many things that I had kind of. I had a better pizza in Moscow than I've had in, in, in a lot of the United States. Yeah, you said that, and I don't remember anything about this pizza. I know I ate something. I don't remember what it was that they Dude, gave. What they gave us, I ate. Well, just, we got in Moscow, albeit was seasoned a little funny. Yeah. Eight slices, full size pie, just like we get in New York or New Jersey. You know, eight slices, thin crust, um, <laughs> arguably the same weight as a pizza that you'd get in New York or New Jersey. You know, like eight slice, thin slice. You know, like standard, right. not short slices. Not oversized, you know, like short right. pizza or anything like that. Standard, 
New Jersey, because I guess New York, you get the bigger slices sometimes. Do you remember so you, what we ate at the club? No, I didn't eat it, bro. It was like some soup and some mystery something, dude. It was spaghetti. I remember eating chicken, dinner there chicken. and not eating it. Oh, I ate it. Yeah, you were very picky. It's like, dude, you like chicken fingers and French fries and pizza. I eat like the kids' menu, dude. Yeah, that's what you like. That's what you always like. You were just about it's safe, got, dude. I'll take some chicken fingers. I'll take some French fries. You were a happy camper if you had those very simple foods. That's what you needed. Pizza, chicken, yeah, anything on the kids' menu, man. Yeah, but then Pretty we much. went to Burger King. We go to Burger King and they give Yo. us a burger that's this big. And I go like this. Then I go, okay, where's the rest of my food? Yeah, oh, well, sorry. yes, the portion, the portions, uh, the, the stereotypes of America, absolutely true. But there's true. something else to be said. There's something else to be said of Burger King. Right. And that's that, all right, when we went to any other country, McDonald's would be consistent with home. You know, I'll be, um, spare for a seasoning or so, you know, like there'd be a little funny taste or whatever. That was maybe regional, you know, consistent, right? Yeah. It was pretty consistent. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. McDonald's. Yes. Yeah. Burger King is a whole nother. It's a whole nother game. Yeah. Burger King is nothing like in America. And let me tell you, I don't like Burger King in America. I haven't liked Burger King since the nineties. The nineties. I love Burger King. Holy moly, they have a they have an impossible. Let me tell you something. I, you know, I, know oh, you I can understand that. Stuff. Sure. I know you don't care about this stuff, but for me, you know, I'm trying to eat less meat. So the mm-hmm. fact that I have a burger that literally tastes like a hamburger. Sure, that's huge. Eating, that's like great. Because I don't yes, want to stop that's, that's eating hamburgers. Huge. Yeah. I don't want to stop that's, eating a hamburger. That's but huge like, if, if that's your game. Bro, look but what at I'm saying is. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Burger King outside of america ain't like burger king in america it is a different game dude it is there everything about it is different bro the their chicken sandwiches is like it's a completely different game completely different game the breading is entirely different it's nothing like it it's like more like a panko breading yeah it's uh it it, it's completely there's it's not even comparable and i preferred it so to me someone who doesn't eat burger king and someone doesn't prefer, I didn't prefer McDonald's or Burger King. I don't like either of them. When you're in another country and shit gets, uh, it gets real weird, man. I mean, like, yes, McDonald's is, is more familiar than, than mystery chicken soup and beef, you know? Let me ask you a question, Joe. Did something just, but, with you, you know, Burger? It's amazing. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah. It was, I, I wish I could get Burger King. I, I preferred McDonald's Burger King before I went to Europe. Wait, and wait, Joe, Joe, Europe, Joe. Burger King is fantastic. fantastic. Joe, something's wrong with your, your sound, your audio. You don't hear me? It's like you're coming in real garbled. I don't know what did something, did one of your mics die? Well, on the thing? Hold on. I'm not going to cut this out, by the way. It's not a big deal. I just, yeah. There we go. I was like, can I tolerate this for a little while? I don't know. There we go. You know what it is? I'm not an air. Sorry. I'm not an Apple guy. I'm not an AirPods guy. If they went off, I apologize. Um, you know what it is, man, is that I don't like these AirPods. I got them as a gift. I appreciate them as a gift. They, they were a gift that, that I appreciate. I understand that they're a generous gift. 
But um, as a consumer and as a haver of long hair, let me tell you, the AirPods kind of suck, bro. That's why you need these, Joe. Look. What you got? These are Bluetooth. They're 20 bucks. They're Bluetooth, and they have a magnetic. See that? They magnet. They magnetize. So what I do is look at this. I got a necklace. Oh, it's time to huh. get on a, on a call. Time to do this. Boom. Oh, I'm not using it. Magnetized. Stays on my neck like a necklace. Are you um, an iPhone or a Samsung guy? Oh, I'm a Samsung guy, hundred percent. Me too. Me always. I've never messed with that. This, this works with both, but this is this is my jam. This is Let my me jam. ask you: when when you pull them apart, do they connect? What do you mean? Like, I mean, like when you when you pull them apart, do you have to like Bluetooth no. connect headphones. Oh no! Are they no, not? They are they not Bluetooth or cable? They stay connected. You just connect them to your phone, and then they stay connected as long as you. So so, does it drain your battery? Hours, bro. It's like I can listen to these. I can listen to music for twenty hours, no problem. I love these things. I, I love them. I never lose them either. They listen, I wasn't, I wasn't stoked about the AirPods to begin with because, like, I mean, quality of music right off the bat, man. Wireless headphones, you're never going to get as Joe, good sound quality. Time, Joe, one time I left these in the wash. My wife washed them, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm going to have to get new earbuds." They come out of the, the, the these ver- this very model. Comes out of the wash. I'm getting ready to order new ones on Amazon. Still works perfectly fine. No Bro, problem. you know what? Today it rained, right? Yeah. Check this out. Found these today. Same headphones that came to my phone. They're the AKG ones, I believe. Yeah. Right. Okay. Can't see them. Whatever. Yo, this is the end of them. Can't see it. It's oh, a Type USB-C. C. Yeah. USB C at the that's end of headphones, bro. That's I annoying. guess this is. Bro, I guess this has to be for the new. Non-headphone jack. Um, that's for, that's for there's no auxiliary. There's no auxiliary port in in whatever phone that belongs to. That's yeah, the, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So my girl found them today in the rain, right? And I said to myself, "I'm like, that's fucking cool. I I bet you they work with our phones." So yeah. I'm like, I said to her, "I'm like, but don't plug that into your phone because it's probably still wet. And if you plug it in, you're gonna get the wet the wet port, right?" Uh, so like an hour or two goes by and I take it. I'm like, I got to see what's up with this thing. I plug it into my thing. And I get the little droplet of water on my phone, on my phone. It says, <laughs> it says like, you've got water in your, in your USB. I'm like, damn it. Wait a minute. Your phone does that. I didn't even know phones could do that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to advise you to, to, to test it, but yes, your phone would do it too. I believe I'm not going to do that. I'm well, not going to do uh, that. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to, yes. But if, if some, if you're, um, if your charger was wet or if your phone was wet and you plugged the charger in, it would, it would, uh, give you a warning. Can I tell you, I drove out to Colorado with my dad, um, over the summer. He, he wanted awesome. a road trip. We weren't, yeah, it was, it was awesome. You know why? Because, you know, especially cause my dad, cause and you I got this drive to Colorado with your dad. Yeah. We just road trip. My dad and I, we drove straight 28 hours to Colorado. We stopped off at one rest stop. He wanted to go to a hotel. I said, dad, let's just, let's just. Sleep in the car for two hours, make it a white did night. Just drive did you show him how to pee in a bottle? No, but I totally did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I knew also, I, I know way more than just peeing in a bottle. I was shown the other trick too. Uh, I don't think you guys employed employed that, but uh, another another member of the touring party was 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 keen to it, and um, I tried it once because you know I was like a 
I was like, a, in, in that regard, I was an eager puppy wanting to do good on my first tour. I wanted to, my first and only tour. I wanted to. I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of tour rookies yeah. and, and do a lot worse than me, just so you know. That was the last, you know, on the final date, you said something that was really nice. You probably don't even remember, but it really did mean a lot to me, especially after everything that had happened. You said you came over to me. You were the only one to do so. And you put your arm around me. You tapped me on the shoulder and you said, you know, you didn't do bad. You did pretty good for your first tour, which, you know, may sound like nothing, but like for someone like you or whoever, it was the that was that was the most validation I was going to get, and you know what? It meant a lot. It truly meant a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. I oh my God! What happened to Joe? I yeah, I'm on a cable, so if I move my head weird, you know. Sorry. Um. No, you're cool. Uh. But no, it was it was really nice. Oh my God, Joe! Jesus Christ! Oh my God! Oh my three God. times. I hope charge right? up those pods just in case. I am. I'm charging them right now. Um, yeah, I have a straight line here too. There's no reason that should be pulling. But Apologize, I gotta tell guys. You, Excuse me. That was that was that really meant a lot because you know it was tough to finish that tour. Got through the end of that tour. Stayed. The was course. it at the end of America or Europe? Oh, the end of Europe. It was our final date. You know, hey man, that was my first European tour too, man. Yeah, well, was you my, know what? Was, I mean, that, and that was Chris. That was Chris's last tour date. Rest in peace. Ever. Dude, he was a moron, bro. How ah. crazy is that? You know how much he impressed me based on that, dude? And he wasn't front either, dude. He was a moron, Wait, bro. Again? No, no, I missed everything you just said. Say it one more time. Chris was a moron, brother. What's a moron, brother? No effects, man. Wait, what? Dude, a the moron? song Moron Brothers by No Effects. You know that I don't know No Effects like you do. I don't. I don't. I didn't know that. Um, he, I, I do he like grew up, he grew up with he grew up with the NoFX dudes. Like he grew up in their oh, scene, or, or and so yeah, dude. They wrote dude, a song he would tell us, yeah, dude. There's there's, a, um, he was a moron, he brother. About, Chris knew a lot about a lot of things. He would tell us what that. By the way, for those who are not familiar, we're talking about Chris, the tour manager for the European leg of the final Blitz Kid Return to the Living tour. He was an expat. That was living in Prague, Czech Republic. He, um, a, a punk rock, seasoned punk rocker to the day he died. What was his last name? I'm trying to remember what his last name. Schaefer. Schaefer. Chris Schaefer. I he literally, that. he was one of those dudes who, like, um, when when Bush got elected for, I mean, initially Bush Jr. That's for his right. first, maybe second term, that he, he actually left. Yeah, he put his money where his. That's how punk he was. He was like, yep. I'm not. He was, he was SoCal his whole life. Yep. yep. He was. He was he an LA dude, SoCal. Remember that he had the first. Yeah. Eric Apparently, the first Never. Eric Carmenter. He had um. I mean, I, I, I may be mixing this up, or maybe he was one of the other, or maybe he was both. And, and excuse me if I'm wrong. Um, there's a no effects song called The Moron Brothers, and there's yeah. also a no effects song called The Bruise. Yeah. Um, from what I understood, the Moron Brothers, or the Bruise, or or maybe both, uh, um, were a a a, a, a gentleman's uh, a social um, club or a, a, a drinking club. Oh, okay. Um, 
And he was like, I mean, I knew that song from when I was a kid, man. The first couple times I ever heard No Effects, like two of their most famous songs. I believe he said he was a moron, brother. That, that's what I believe the story was. Uh, they were a drinking club, man. Wow. Um, and, and and No Effects wrote a song about it, man. I mean, like it was. If you're if you know anything about No Effects, it's one of their two most famous songs, man. I did not know um, that. Yes, and, and and he was. You want to know what, Joe? I know a ton of No Effects songs. I know a ton of them. Pump up the volume, the decline, kids of the K hole, all uh, later no effects. Um, she, uh, she, what is it? See her P. That's a deep cut right there. See her P. It's like a thirty second song. She got this like microwave. Da 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 da. Uh, I know um, seventy two virgins. That's a great song. That is a great uh, song. That's that's way later. No effects. Great song though. Great, yeah, great reference. That's what I'm saying. Like I know no effects, but I really I'm not a fan of no effects, even though I know a bunch of their stuff. Really, I'm surprised, I'm man. Not a fan. I just you know I just there, there's a lot of things that I I could imagine would tie you to no effect to being no effects fan. I actually. have nothing but respect for them. And you know what? You were the guy who showed me the backstage pass when we were at uh, Marco's backstage house. passport, dude. Yeah, man. That was right. Backstage passport. That was so much fun to watch. I enjoyed that thoroughly. And um, and you know what I like about Fat Mike? I like that he's a transvestite. I think that's like I don't think there's yeah than that. You know what he's? They're like, why do you wear women's clothes? He's like, because they feel comfortable. He just doesn't care. He just doesn't care what anybody thinks. No, not even mean? a little bit. Huh? Not even a little bit. I saw him at Riot Fest Chicago signing his book. There were people in line signing his book. What right before the Misfits went on same day. He was just at some tent. I didn't even know. I, I don't think No Effects was even playing. Maybe they were. They're such um. They're such like a man. Around. Like you go back to White Trash, Two Heaves, and the Bean. Like they, they dude. There's man. I can't you believe know, that you're not. Ever listen to that album? If you think that might be crazy. Oh, um, uh, we all threw logs in the fire and burnt off all our limbs and now we have stumps or something that song from punkorama three great song you know that song Dude. come on what about uh, I, what's the matter with, with my parents today mom and dad i think you ought to quit smoking so much pot and hang in with my friends what's that from how, how is it how is it that that i'm the no effects fan and you're not and you're calling all these no effects songs that i don't know what's going you, on here you know what i loved about that song because he's talking about how his mom is playing his misfits records it's so great he's like with oh, i think it's out softly banging your head fat, fat mike's one of fat mike's favorite bands is is, is the misfits man and he that. sings quite a bit about it I do know that. I, I knew that about Fat Mike, who is like a millionaire, like five times over, by the way. That dude. Rightfully is, so. Oh, oh, I listen. I have nothing but respect for Fat Records in the sense that that dude. I mean, you know, if anything, Fat Records, you know, pe people would go, oh, Fat Records, they sold out. You know who sold out? Epitaph. Epitaph sold out. Sold out. In I'm not disagreeing with you, but how so? Um, again, so I don't know about you, but my introduction Part of my introduction to punk rock, not the not the original stuff, the later stuff, the the now we're talking, go came on, via Punkorama. That's how. Me too. That was my that was my gateway into everything. Me That's too. how I learned about TSOL, and I'm listening to Punkorama too, and I'm going, 
Yeah, God, you're I'm later so Punkaramas. I'm the first Punkarama. Like, like, like you know, or New Bomb Turks, Jukebox Link, who I just, you know, I just had Eric Davidson from the New Bomb Turks on my show, which was such a, for yeah. me, yeah, it was friggin' awesome. And like, you know, I didn't gush to him really, but like that dude wrote one of my all-time favorite songs, Snap Decision on Punkarama 4. Matter of fact, the, all these guys, all these Punkarama bands, they hate the Punkarama songs because, you know, those things sold like gangbusters. And then kids would be coming up to him being like, play that song off of Punkorama. And they'd be like, shut up, kid. Like, they don't want to hear that stuff. You know, they don't, they don't want to play that stuff. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll out myself and by telling the honest God truth here is that to me, I grew up a metalhead. Like, 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 like heavy metal music was just, that's, that's where it came from, man. Oh my God, with all the metal. I guess, yeah, I, I, I came from a Metallica, Pantera, Sepultura. That I knew, yeah. Slayer, oh, that's much Slayer, but you know, I came from those bands, right? Um, and you know, I love the Ramones, of course, you know, like, but that was pretty much the extent of 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 punk for me, and like, you know, the Misfits, you know, but like, um, the Misfits came a little later to me, not much later, but I mean, I, I found the Misfits by way of uh, Metallica, not by way of Ramones or punk, but whatever the case, um. By finding Punkorama, mm -hmm. I had heard No Effects for the first time. Mm. Um, I heard the song Linoleum by No Effects. It was the first song. I, I, you know, I don't even know if Linoleum's on the first Punkorama. But the first No, no Effects song that... No, Linoleum is on Punkorama 5. Yeah? Yeah. Well, Linoleum is a song that appealed to me. I, I, I had probably found out about No Effects through um, Punkorama, or I absolutely did. Um, but the song that appealed to me was Linoleum. Okay. Um, through Linoleum, I had heard in punk rock what I, what I did not listen. I've learned later on and, and, and looking back, I'm a production snob. Like right. I need music oh, wow. to sound. Yes, you are. Yes, you I are. need music to sound good, man. You know, like if it sounds like, you know, I'm not that into it, man. So like there's, there's stuff that doesn't sound good that has, you know, like the misfits, production is terrible but it has character you know what i'm saying like like the misfits sounding not having great production lent to the experience let me ask you this you question know? real quick let me interject one question i'm gonna just have to do we're gonna have to do this in order to have sure. um so if the misfits was had incredible production if the Misfits didn't sound like it, you know, how, 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 you know, raw and dirty the way it does some of that stuff, however you want to categorize it or, or whatever adjectives you want to use, do you think you would like it the same? Well, uh, I'll tell you this much. I knew Danzig, but before I made the connection of like mother Danzig to the Misfits, before I knew that that was, had anything to do with one another, I, you know, I, I liked that song Mother by Danzig and I liked Danzig but I never made the connection, you know? So, so, I mean, I mean, there's that. Um, I never didn't like the misfits. I thought that, I, I thought that their poor production or um, dark muddy production lent to their, lent to their thing, man. You know, like I, I wouldn't have the production of the misfits be any different. I don't think I, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much if it was awesome. That's you know, I, I, I very much found the Misfits by way of Metallica. Like, I think more people did than are willing to admit it. 
I think everyone found the Misfits by way of Metallica, whether they want to admit it or not. Not me. Even, not me. I think I, I heard you talking about this kind of recently. Bro, you know how I found the Misfits? I'm, I'm about, we're about to, to go down a... Dead, dead, no, dead. I don't want to go down it yet because we're going to go down. We're going to talk about Misfits, but I don't want to talk about it quite yet. But I'll say this one thing: I this is how I found the Misfits. I was obsessed with the movie Return of the Living Dead, but you guys were obsessed with the movie. We never really talked never about seen that. it, right? Anyway, you know who's obsessed with Return of the Living Dead? My son, my five year old son, is terrified of the Tar Man. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll tell you that story too. Uh, but that's awesome. You showed it to a five-year-old and, 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 and they got Joe, it. Okay. Joe, Joe, I did not show it to a five-year-old. I am not a monster. My, my girlfriend's kids have seen it too. Really? And, and yeah, they've seen it too. And, and they oh, love man. it too. Five. Oh my God. They, they adore it as well. And I mean, you okay. skip the scenes with the tits. That's about it, you know, but. Okay. Well, first of all, I discovered the misfits because I was searching on the internet for this must have been the year it could have been 1999 or the year 2000 something like that i don't remember when i was looking at return of the living dead websites like geosities or whatever the fan websites just what trying to, yeah just trying to read information about return no of the no dead. what year, what year was it you were saying oh maybe 99 2000 somewhere okay. in there and some and this this nerd was like listing all of the things that he likes and i remember seeing the, he's like, I like the misfits. And I'm like, what a stupid name. The mis because when it wasn't like the font or the logo, there was no crimson ghost. It was just written in plain text, the misfits. And he's talking about all the records that he likes by the misfits. And I'm just going, Oh, whatever. This is stupid. And then Napster happens. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to check out this miss. This is probably around the year 2000, 2001. No, 2000. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to check out this band, the misfits, right? I download three Misfit songs. What, down- are, are, what's our age difference? Or am I older than you? Or are you older than me? You're three years older than me. Wow. Yeah, you're 82. I'm 85. Right. Very good. Yeah, you're yeah. my sister's age. Go on. Yeah. Um. Right. I remember you telling me that on the tour that I was your sister's age. So. <laughs> so, I download three songs. You know what I download? Last caress. Day of the Dead, and I like Ghoul's, that song a lot. Ghoul's Night Out, and you know, remember mini disc players where you could make your own mini disc mixes on a mini disc, and you put that in your player, and you had like a the little doohickey, which was like a remote, but it was connected by a wire to the mini disc, and you could. I never sort of, had one, but I know them. Yes. Okay, I had one, and had a rechargeable battery, which was super weird, and. um I also had uh, What's the Matter with My Kids, What's the Matter with My Parents uh, by No Effects and um, Less Than Jake, I Think I Love You and Teenagers in Love by Less Than Jake. Just a bunch of punk, whatever. A bunch of stuff I could scrape up. And the first song I ever heard was Last Caress. And then I'm listening to Day of the Dead and I'm going, what? This is the same band? Is this mislabeled or something? Why is this Day of the, Day of the Dead? Like It sounds nothing like Last Caress. And, you know, if... I would later get collection one and be like, oh, hey, all these, these misfits sound like Metallica. Well, but, but what's crazy is last correct his voice, whatever the production of last caress is somehow it's different than say the way things are in collection one. I and mean, he sounds mixed and mastered in the nineties. Yeah. And he sounds, 
he sounds ferocious on when he sings that out there. Oh, I got oh. something to say. It's it's ferocious. It's their it's their Blitzkid Blitz uh Blitzkid Blitzkrieg Bop. Not Blitzkid Bop. Blitzkrieg Bop. That's their Blitzkrieg Bop. And I think some of the chords, musician, tell me if I'm right or wrong. Some of the chords are 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 similar or the 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 grouping chords are similar to the point where someone I don't know why someone hasn't done last caress blitzkrieg bop mm-hmm. i got some say yes yeah i see what you're saying that part the the down down well the intro the intros are the same there i believe they're the same notes it might be uh b and c or it might be both b but yeah the same. I don't know. It's the same. It's the same chord progression. I understand what you're saying. It's played a little differently, but but I understand what you're saying. You're not wrong. I did get American Psycho, and I loved it. I still like it. I still like it, despite what I think it really is. I don't know if you agree with my theories on that, but kind of blew my mind to like have that like that epiphany, that recollection, that that understanding when you look at the lyrics on American Psycho, and suddenly you're like, what? Like, wait, what? I, I have an interesting perspective on it. Um, like, um, I got into the uh, uh, my misfit. Uh, you're, you're getting into my misfit story here. You really want me to do this? All right, go for it. Go for it, and we'll circle around. I didn't even tell my, you Epitah is sold as our sellouts. I'm sorry, what? I didn't even tell you why Epitahs are, are, are. Yeah, yeah. Why are Epitah sellouts? It, super quick in a nutshell, so you can do your misfit story. Super sure. quick. Um, the uh, uh, the punkoramas started to change. They started to sign screamo bands and emo bands and all these bands. Remember, you know, in the early two thousands, all of a sudden, you know, all the the it was no longer about punk, man. It was no or or whatever the third wave revival of punk. It was well, well punk got really whack real quick around that time, TG. Oh, Gar! It was Gar. As soon as, as soon as, I, I mean, I'm sure for you, it, it was whack when it started, dude. I mean, because like, like, I mean, even those couple of years, man. Like, as, soon, as soon as emo came in, I was out, dude. As soon as, as soon as the haircuts started, this devil lock started going sideways. Like, and, you know, like, I was out, dude. I was out. I had nothing to do with it. I, I, it was, it, it was like emasculated. Uh, like it was, it was already weird enough for me being a metalhead to to get into punk. You know, like, uh, like, um, let me ask you this question, Joe, before you tell your misfit story, I, I asked it to Loki. I want to hear what you have to say. Were, um, was Lars and James and Kirk and all them, were they, were they right? Were they right in the year 2001? The Napster thing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, they, they didn't know that they were right then. They, they couldn't were. have known that they were right then. Um, yeah. Yes, but what they, they they were what they were fighting for they, they, absolutely. How could anyone disagree with that? The the music they the were like they called it as it was happening. They 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 couldn't have had the foresight to have to have predicted or known what would happen. But um, absolutely, they were right. Could you imagine? Yeah. If they had- Listen, what's on what's never said and what's never spoken of uh, of that. Metallica is very vilified for that. Large, listen, Metallica was right. Lars Ulrich was the wrong spokesperson for that right. whole thing. Right. He was the epitome of rock star. He was, he was, 
uh, he's Lars Ulrich, dude. You know, like he's he's not he's not the dude to 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 be the forefront of that movement. Um, was he right? Yes, but Lars Metallica are are were the biggest band of the world, dude. You know, so for them to the richest, biggest band of the time to say that to to go after their fans or say that. I mean, the narrative becomes that that you know they weren't getting paid, but that's not what they were saying. That, that that's what the narrative is. Uh, what they were really getting at is their presentation. Yeah, you know, uh, is that uh, that whole thing stemmed from the Mission Impossible song? I think it was called "I Disappear." Really, one of their songs leaked, and it was an early mixer master of it. And Metallica didn't want that song out, and it and it leaked. You know, and it was the probably the first major leak of a major band. Um, Metallica is right as an artist that you should have the, um, the 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 say in how your song is released, whether it's you know whether it's released um, as a single, as a part of a record, whether it's released on Halloween or it's released on you know like. And now they own right. their masters, and now they own their masters. Yeah, now they do years later but i had nothing to do with it then either uh, no it didn't but it's just like the, it's like what you said they're the biggest band in the world and like everybody else died they they were barely they were barely hit maybe their their reputation was hurt but financially they they i mean they continued they were a juggernaut they the, it's the, a poor time in metallica's history for it to have all happened to man it was haircut era metallica they were already getting vilified um, you know, they were on their way out of being the people's champions. See, Dr. Dre was 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 one of the people on that side too. Yeah, you, but that. In history, you don't hear that. You know, no. um, there was another rap band as well. Metallica wasn't the only band. Um, what Metallica? Listen, I, I'll give you both sides. Is that what Metallica was saying as an artist from an artist standpoint is is absolutely so. Um, did do, 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 do I think that Lars had the foresight? I mean, to some degree, I guess he did have the foresight to say that if this keeps happening, this is what will happen. Right. But could he have really known that? No. You know, I, I, I mean, did he, you know, would he have known that it would have grown that out of control? Literally? No. Um, were they right in the long run? Absolutely. They were right. They were right. Well, yeah. A hundredfold. And everybody owes them a, a large order should be apologized to. <laughs> you know, like straight up, dude. He he was like Nostradamus, bro. Nostradamus Ulrich. Tell me your okay. Now tell me your misfit story. Go ahead. My misfit story. What? Well, where are we coming out of? All right. I don't know, but this is like so we need a moderator. This is how crazy this is. <laughs> we need a moderator to keep the thread straight. Because I'm like I came. So much I came to the misfits in a very strange way, um, and, and, and to me, it's a beautiful romantic story too. Um, when I was a kid, I, I got into rock and roll very young, like very young. Um, when other kids were into wrestling and Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters, I guess I was into Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters too, but, um, I was into music much before anyone my age was. Um, rock and roll was my thing, dude. Um, so the adults around me would show me bands that I was that were appropriate enough for me to hear, you know, and a lot was held back for me because, you know, of my age and a lot of the music I was interested in was, was vulgar for a kid. Right. Um, one of the things I was shown 
when a lot of music was being held back for me and I was constantly like, you know, taking adults tapes and CDs and getting my hands on stuff. Um, my aunt gave me a cassette tape that of her high school friends band. Um, and to me, it meant nothing. It was a cassette tape that was pink and it had what I know now to be the Fiend Club logo or the Crimson Ghost Skull on it. It had, I don't know how many songs, it was like a mixtape, right? I had heard these songs. I had thought nothing of them. I just recognized the cover. I don't even remember remembering the songs too much, to be honest with you. Years go by. I get into high school, and I'm getting, you know, I'm pretty versed in my Metallicas, my Panteras, my Led Zeppelins, my Black Sabbaths. You know, I'm pretty down the metal path or the hard rock path. Right. When I get to high school and I start meeting other kids who like rock and roll music and like punk rock or all the things I'm learning about and experiencing, I start seeing the Crimson Ghost on T-shirts and the Misfits logo, whatever. The Crimson Ghost was more familiar to me than even the name of the Misfits or the word of the Misfits. So I, in, in finding my fitting in in all of this, I was not the coolest kid. Um, the rock, the coolest rock and roll kid at first when I came into junior high school. There were some other kids uh, who later become my best friends in the world, my, still my best friends to this day. But, um, uh, you know, they had older brothers and older sisters, and so they were cued to bands like the Misfits, like Marilyn Manson, like dancing a step ahead of me, or so I thought. So with that said, me looking at these shirts and like, I wasn't cool, man, because I didn't like the Misfits, or I didn't know who this was, or I didn't know who that was. Or um, the more I thought about it, I was like, man, I know that skull from somewhere. And I ultimately find my aunt's tape. And I'm like, this is, I've had this for years, man. This is my aunt with the high school with these guys. Uh, my aunt graduated. I, you know, I'm lying. It's not my aunt. It's, it's, uh, I tell the story of my aunt because it's easier to tell the story that way, but it's actually, my sister's father's stepmother's tape, to be completely honest with you. But we'll call her my aunt. My sister's father's stepmother. Your, your sister's father's stepmother's father's step. So her. Me and my sister have separate fathers. Right. No, no, I get that. But, but you're. So it's her step grandmother. No, it's my sister's father's stepmother. So not my mother. It's right. it's my sister's father. father's next wife. Oh, okay, okay. So then you're saying that wrong. You're making it sound like. Oh, that's right. Sister's like father's dad. stepmother. No, you're making it sound like the. Dad. Oh, I got you. What you're saying? Okay, it's my sister's stepmother. I should no, say. I, I understand what you're saying. You're right. <laughs> it's just not easier to say my aunt, and I've always told the story of my aunt, but it's really I not my aunt. Think that I think that it, there's nothing wrong with calling it your aunt, and you don't even need to clarify that, especially. Ah, I just trying to tell the truth. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So as I started to put this together, I recognized that skull. Uh, you know, like, and I bring that tape to school, and I'm like, I know the damn misfits. <laughs> you know, like, and I know the misfits from Metallica. And I know everything about Metallica. So I started earning some stripes in school because of Metallica and everything like that. And like, like I, I remember I beat, I beat the, uh, the elder kids who I wasn't cool with um, in a Metallica quiz. And that's really what got me cool. But um, 
basically no one believed that I got this tape from my aunt or that my aunt had this connection to the band. Right. This is 95, 96, 94, 95, 96, 95, 96. Mm -hmm. Um, Kurt Cobain was definitely dead. And so I had to prove it somehow. So I went back and I think I couldn't find the tape at the time or something like that. Or what was the tape going to prove anything? So I went, and this is going to tie into your podcast from the other day. It's going to tie into your Misfits Eve Alive. I went to my aunt and I was like, I got to prove I know the Misfits, man. You know, give me something. So yeah. she gives me her Lodi 1982 yearbook. Uh, and she tells me, as a matter of fact, um, you know, I was good. All right. Her sister went to prom with Erie Vaughn. Um, <laughs> she didn't go to prom with Erie Vaughn. Her sister did. That's hilarious. Um, and th- I've totally corroborated this theory, by the way. It's totally true. Right. Like years later, I corroborated it with Erie. In the yearbook, it signed Eric Stelman and everything like that. Like she was friends with Erie and everything. Um. At least his signature was in the book. So basically, I bring this to school, and it, it checks me out. And, and you know, that's it. Like, I had had my, um, I earned my stripes. You know what I'm saying? So through that, you know, I had already listened to Danzig. I just didn't know that Danzig was the dude from the Misfits. You know, I, I, just, I just hadn't, I didn't know that yet. Um, so once I started to hear it all, and I was familiar with the music, I, you know, I did like the Misfits. I just didn't really know that that band was these songs and Metallica and like so I did like this stuff and the more I was around it and when I made these new friends I I became more familiar with it in the background I'm from northern New Jersey just as I get into the Misfits and they become one of my favorite bands all my friends are into them and it really rubbed off on me man you know like I, I really did grow to love the Misfits um so I get into this band they're like the new cat's pajamas, but my favorite new band, my, my new favorite band broke up and I'm never going to see them live. And I'm never going to, you know, like, like that's it. You know, like what fun was that? Just as that happened, 97 rolls around 98 or 95 wow. rather. 95. And right in my backyard, dude, I grew up in Westwood, New Jersey. Yeah. Um, I got friends in Dumont. I got friends in, so at like Tice's farm, when the Misfits did like one of their first couple signings, Chiller Theater is like all on my radar. I've been in Chiller Theater years yeah. before that. Yeah. You know, like th- all this stuff was was on my radar. Action Park. It was you know, like yeah. yeah. So all of a sudden, the Misfits were back together, and they had a singer from Dumont, which is like I got friends in Dumont, and uh, it, it was very exciting, dude. So to me, yeah. it, it, you know, I, I was there right. At, it, it was like. You'd never believe that this band I just got into a year ago is now getting back together and they have a here. They have a singer who lives over here. An incredible- we know this guy through three degrees of separation. Yeah. You know, like very exciting. Very exciting. Um, so to me, beautiful, romantic situation, man. You know, like couldn't couldn't have been any cooler. Yeah, but also I think it's I think what what's interesting it's easy for an internet kid i i will yeah man first of all that's an incredible yeah, internet story. happening it's easier for an internet kid you know 15 years after they break up to discover the mystery it's like what, like 2015 mm-hmm. and be like oh man this like yucky 
this yucky Michael Graves, Dr. Chud stuff is not as good as the original stuff from the original. Hold stuff. on. Yeah. So that had been going on for a minute. My my friend has um my friend Brian, he's saying for Doomsday, he's saying for I Hate, he uh-huh. Brian Keller, he's saying on Gotham Road songs. You've definitely met him before. He has autographs of Michael of Michael's from like Tyson's farm things where his name before he was Graves, man. He has autographs to say Michael Wolf. Um, I guess which um Mike Stand was always my understanding that <laughs> microphone. Mike was it microphone? Microphone. I yeah, I don't believe he ever publicly went by that name, but that is the that is the story you're probably referencing. Tank gave him his name, supposedly. That's I don't Tank remember specifically. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you're right. Grim, he gave Michael Graves his name as Michael Graves. He was the one who came up with Michael Graves' name, supposedly. Thank God, because microphone would have really sucked. Um, that was Jerry's idea. But I mean, like, what I'm saying is, is that is that my friends and even were around that situation so long with before that Michael was in the band or or Michael was even Graves. You know what I'm saying? Like where, and also I had recently just met Jason and, 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 and those guys and, and that tie, the guys in the band, Jason's band was Angel Sin and the drummer of Angel Sin was the drummer. I'm sorry. The singer of Angel Sin was the drummer of Empire Hideous. So we had the Mike Hideous connection for that whole thing. And he was around through the auditions, through everything like that. Right. You know, so we had it was it was right on the yeah Mike it was right in our backyard. Realize, people don't realize Mike Hideous's association with Jerry and Doyle goes way back back to the eighties. He would audition, dude. He would audition Christ. He was singing Christ the Cockroach rehearsals. He, and he was just, he was a big Sam Hain fan too. He was absolutely. Really um, I don't know what I don't think he ever saw the original Mystic Live, but I do believe he saw Sam Hain. Yeah, he super into Sam Hain. Used to make his own Sam Hain shirts and stuff. And I, when I spoke to him for my documentary, I, that's really what we talked about. We didn't talk about when he sang in '98. That that had nothing to do with anything. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think it came up in conversation. They they had known him like he was okay. in with Jerry and Doyle. But well, well. Ah, sorry again. I Joe, hit my cable. Oh my God, Joe, where are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Joe, I'm okay. I'm okay. There he is. There he is. Ah, okay. Sorry. <laughs> he was he was around in the Christ Conqueror days, man. Right. I mean, like he he was. Um, Mike was there when 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 no one else was really paying attention. Um, another way of our connection to the Misfits, Christ the Conqueror pictures. Um. Well, here, here's here's our other connection to the Misfits. <laughs> is a there's there's a story. Yes, I have. Um. There's a story. The the way we met Jason and Ralph from the band Angelson or. Empire Hideous um, was through a store called Music Man. Mm-hmm. I want to say Elmwood Park or Primus on Route 4. It's right next to the movie theater on Route 4. Okay. There was a little rock shop there, man. And it was the only place that you can get Misfits, Marilyn Manson, Metallic Church, bootlegs, dude, like $30 bootlegs in those days. Only place you can get that stuff. Yeah. Um, the, the guy who ran the store, his name was Luke. Mm-hmm. His last name escapes me at the moment. He's still around, man. Um, like he's still uh, in some capacity runs Music Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I seen him in the last two, three years, man. I bought some things off. Um, he, it was a rock shop that sold bootlegs, man. Um, Lou was the manager of Christ the Conqueror. 
Oh, really? So out of Music Man, wait, wait, wait. He... pause, 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 pause. He was the manager during the time when they were uh, being like uh, courted by major labels and stuff. I didn't know that they were courted by major labels, man. If oh, they were, bro, you're telling bro, me, bro. yo, Christ the Conqueror. When yo, they were, I forget the name of the record label. There was, they had major label. There was a label involved, and Jerry, uh, Jerry, um, put the kibosh on it. He didn't want to do it, but they had, they were in talk or contract to or or talking about contracts and might have signed with a with a CBS Records maybe I just remember I just remember that that they were they would always the, the big story would be that they would bitch that uh Metallica ripped wherever I may roam from them they were really butthurt about right. it right which is a pure it's pure metal and and again what's funny is I don't know which you know I've never really listened pure that much bullshit dude is what it really is Whatever, but the but let me ask you a question: How many songs DNA? How many of the American Psycho songs have have Christ the Conqueror DNA in them? Everyone that Jerry and Doyle wrote. Okay, so you could draw. Song? So you could I could draw a, a lot. We could go through every track on the record. I could tell you right now. It's it's, okay, it's so then, cut and dry. So then I feel really really confident. every song that sucks, pretty much. Right. And I feel really confident about my my hot take that. That Misfits '95 subversively is nothing more than secretly a a pseudo Christian metal band. It's it's Christ the Conqueror. With I heard what you were saying on that shit, man. Like, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, you could certainly look into those lyrics and, and take that from it. Resurrection, yes. like this, you don't understand. Absolutely, dude. Joe. Absolutely, Joe, you're, you're right. Songs. Joe, I was listening to these songs when I was 15. There's an underlying Jesus method message yeah. in it. I agree. And again, nothing against Jesus. No, I just always have to put that disclaimer. I'm not nothing. No problem with that. But it just framed it reframed how I saw those songs that I had been listening to since I was a teenager, which blew my mind. Well. It didn't reframe nothing, man. I, I, I always saw it that way. Um, well, you have a way. But Joe. Joe, you had a way different experience than I did. You, of course, you saw them that way because you knew Michael and Michael. You knew about Michael and Michael. That has nothing to do with Michael. What with Jerry? I had nothing to do. I, I didn't. I still didn't know Michael for years, man. I knew so of him. He was around. My friends knew him. Continue My story, story doesn't go much much further from that point. Is is that it was it was very exciting that 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 era of the Misfits came together, and I very much wanted to love that shit. Um, I was still young to see the early shows, the 95 shows and stuff like that. Um, but you saw a bunch of 95 shows, didn't you? Not in 95. I saw that band before American Psycho one you time. You saw a bunch maybe. of 90s Misfits shows. Yes. Yes, I saw the Misfits in the 90s a bunch of times. But um, it, I, I would say, I don't even think I saw them in 96, man. I think the first time I saw the Misfits uh, was 97 because I, I wasn't even old enough to be there yet. What um, do you think of Loki's uh, Chud impression? It's it's fantastic. I think it's Absolutely. the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yeah, I mean the the only the only one that rivals it is is maybe Michael doing it or the Gossip Blitz kid. You know, like uh, the Gossip Blitz kid maybe a little yeah, fresher than I Michael. Think, I don't think Tracy or Steve did a very good Chud. They would just do the brawl, 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 which is what I. When I finally met Chud, that's why I was, or or what what little I had seen of Chud, I thought it was hilarious because it's very accurate. It's the um, it was it was Loki, 
and the, the key to Loki's impression of Chud is the restraint. He's not overdoing it. He does it. He's so subtle. He goes. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. I just think it's so wonderful. Yeah, it, it is damn good. I mean, I, I, I've, I, I haven't been around Chud an awful lot, but um, I've been around Chud enough to corroborate that those are excellent impressions. Yeah. Absolutely excellent impressions. Yeah, that is uh, that that literally when he did that the first time on one of his shows, that made me that really just made me bust a gut because I was just like, <laughs> he's well, just going like this. I think what's great about Chud and, and like what makes him like uh, uh, the legend that he is, is is that all the stories rhyme no matter who tells them. You Wait, know what I'm saying? Like uh, all the all the Chud stories, like like what makes him like Bigfoot. Is that no matter who tells the story, no matter who does the impression, it all rhymes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. None of it is isn't is way off, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's all. Well, it's funny because someone sent me an interview I, after I did my episode. I accused Chud, or I not accused, but I like made mention that Chud, for whatever reason, doesn't do interviews. And I made a, I, I thought of a, there were a couple reasons why I think he doesn't do interviews. But then someone uh, who had seen that episode sent me an interview with Chud that at on, on it's on youtube go, go and search it and it is it is, at a convention it's at a convention this is one of the only ones yeah it's very short all messed up in his face and he's just going like this like to this guy who's trying to like ask him questions and he's like yeah because you know, in his head, he's thinking like, "Oh, this guy is enjoying that I'm Doctor Chud, and I'm just gonna like not answer any of his questions seriously." There like, are two convention interviews that are coming to mind at this point, um, as you say that. Um, but you're right; there are there are very few. What what strikes me as kind of funny is is that the number one dude who would be most likely to do an interview in the '95 era next to Jerry would be Chud, like well, like the most likely dude Chud to be is- sitting next to Jerry. Before yeah. Michael would be Chud, but you know what's funny? And the not thing that was, he said anything. Listen, I would totally play it right now if I could. If I could find the message, I would play it right now if I didn't think that Chud or one of his underlings would watch this and then flag it for copyright of some kind. I would totally. Yeah, play I, it hope, right I hope Chud doesn't have that much time. Man. Oh, he most certainly does. But um, last time I hung with him, man, I we had a really good time actually, man. If I, I actually. I actually Enjoyed my 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 hang with Chud last time. Well, I will tell it, you. And to be fair, I don't think that Chud, from if I've met and hung with if I've hung with Chud a dozen times, I don't think from one time to the next he ever remembered me or knew who I was. You want to know something? I've had. I would. I don't think long- he associates me as JV Bastard, the dude that I played with. He played with the Lost Boys. That played in Mr. Monster. That played right, in Gotham right. Road. That is Michael Gray's band. That was in Blitz Kid. That helped him cool that out. I don't think he associates right. any. I think I'm a new dude every time. Well, that that's what had me, I mean, listen, that's what had me cringing was the Ghoul's Night Out thing because I remember when he was there at Ghoul's Night Out, he was loaded like nobody's business. And I remember, you know, I'm not going to get into it here. We don't have to talk about it at great length. Um, but you know, a girl, I was too busy to experience that, but I do remember, I, I do remember that girl, evening. There's a girl from a band. Go look at the episode. If you want I, to see I, I know what you're talking about. 
Yeah, I'm I'm saying I'm saying for anybody who watches this, go look at my episode. That's where it's talked about in full detail. But there was a girl who basically, you know, 46 year old Chud is, you know, trying to take pictures up a 16 year old girl's like shorts. And the girl's a little fabricated, to be honest with you. I'm sorry. I think it's I think it's a little fabricated, to be honest with you. Um, you know, Uh, not fabricated. Listen, I don't think she's lying. Fabricated is the wrong word. I think it's a bit embellished. Well. All I know is um, either way, 46. I know that girl and she's a good chick and she has no reason to lie. But I think that it's um, I think that there was a stake in making him look bad. And I think that that story um, on the band. Yeah. Yeah. I think Um, that uh, the people, her uh, associates, her affiliates didn't like him. Yeah. And uh, I think that that her preconceived notion of him going into that situation um, helped the embellishment of that story. I don't disagree that it probably happened. Chad, how do you take how do you take um upskirt pictures of a girl wearing pants? You know, I'm not sticking up for Chud, but I'm saying Joe, like I think that I think that that's a little unfair. Joe, and I, and I know that girl, she's a great chick. She's I don't think she would lie. But you know what? You know what I would only add to your comment is that it wasn't just her, there was others corroborating. Oh, bro, he was uh, I'm not saying that he wasn't fucking an absolute uh, animal that night, because he was. He was. Um I'm just saying that that particular story, I think, is a little embellished. Speaking of which, at that event, at at a certain point in time is when I really, you know, I start, I really sort of uh, parted ways from that crowd and community and whatnot. I can't imagine why. I'm sorry? I can't imagine why. Right. Um, But um, I would see, you know, obviously all that stuff was still in my newsfeed and I'd see things from far away. And one thing that I... No, no, I've never heard it. I don't know what happened. Um, but you guys were all doing another ghouls night out, and then all of a sudden you a bunch of you guys you you went off and did your own show. What happened? What was that about? Um the 2012 Ghouls Night Out happened. 2013 it was in North Carolina. Okay. That was the one Darrow that's and Silent Horror were the headliners. So 2013 was at Dingbats because that's when I was hanging with Nimvind. Well, the North Carolina one was certainly after uh, 2012. Uh, you know what? No, 2013, I guess, would be... Uh, Dingbats. Yeah, maybe the Dingbats one. And then 2014, sure, uh, would be the North Carolina one. And I think that's the last one. Um, after that show... Yeah. Um, I don't know how to answer this question in a in a outside of um in, in a see well, I, I know our i know my band's reasons for for what happened is it we had listen mapathetic has never ever ever done me or my band wrong once ever ever he was nothing but great he was arguably too great to us mm-hmm. um I've also worked with him for over 20 years. I played his first Cools That Out show. Um, that's my relationship. That's our crew's relationship with him. And so going forward, we always worked with him, whether it was Ghouls Night Out or not. As his entire career as a promoter, we worked with Matt, and he was always great to us. However, when the show came back and and and... You know, when Ghouls Night Out came back for 12, 13, 14, whatever it was, those three years, um, he was still that way to us. Um, but we had 
noted it had been noticed that he was not that way to everyone else. Gotcha. Um, so before anything had gotten brutal, um, Loki had come to me and said, Listen, he said just that. He's like, Listen, Matt's been nothing but good to us, but he ain't being good to anybody else. And this is gonna become something shitty, and I don't want anything to do with it. And I'm telling you, Joe, I know you're not gonna like this, but we're not doing Ghost Night Out anymore. And that was fair because we had done Ghouls That Out the last three years and we had done and we had just headlined it. So it was like, where, where are we going to go with it anyway? I did it. I played three times with Blitz Kid. I did Mr. Monster, Darrow, Blitz Kid, 2012. Played three times that night. 2013, I was Darrow, Mr. Monster, debut Ghouls 2014, I only did it with Darrow, but we headlined. Where was there to go for it? You know, anyway, you know, like, like, what were we going to do next? You know, we're going to go backwards. So, and, and, and Loki wasn't entirely wrong. You know, there was a lot of um, things going on in business that, um, that were none of my business or none of our business, but they weren't awesome. Things were here and signs didn't point to awesome. So we had decided that Loki had decided for us that we weren't doing it. Um, and I went along with it. Um, I had in the back burner always helped Matt as a silent partner, put on the goals and out shows Matt. show, I always helped and advised with anything that, that he needed help with. I helped him get phone numbers, connections, talk to people, made things work. It was not my show. I helped make it go. Um, you helped produce the show. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I helped it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, even the venues that it was that I worked at Thingbats at the time, you know, so like I negotiated a number of things, bands, things, we close that out. Gotcha. Uh, why, why wouldn't I, you know, I just wanted to see, there was all my friends' bands. It was all of our bands. It was a, it was a good time, you know, like, uh, it was good for the scene. It was, it, those, the years that goals that I was happening were, were the healthiest the scene had been in, in the last 10 years to date, you know, like think things were good for everybody, dog. Unless you weren't cool with that, and I and I don't know that perspective, but I I understand that was the case. Um, I guess the next schools that out that was to happen was to have Mister Monster as the headliner, and Ghouls Peace Band as the co-headliner, or vice versa, or whatever. Um, and Dara was not to be involved, and I think Matt knew that and took some offense to it. I wasn't going to be a part of the show. Right. Because um, Loki had, uh, yep. Yeah. I wasn't to be a part of the show and I wasn't helping gotcha. with it. I think Matt got upset with me. Um, I knew damn well that without me in the middle of the situation, that it wasn't going to go well. Um, Matt and Jason Trioxin had never, seen eye to eye or been able to do business successfully together. I, it always took me in the middle of those two to make that work. Gotcha. Sometimes even with Coolsby, um, it, it, it would take me in the middle of that to, to make it work or me to cue Matt, you know, how to deal with Jason or Goolsby or cue Jason or Goolsby how to deal with that, you know? Um, I was in the middle of that, helping that along. I knew 
damn well in the back of my mind that when Matt kind of told me to fuck myself, that uh, that, that wasn't going to go smooth. Unfortunately, I was more right than I wanted to be. Um, and a falling out happened between Jason and Matt, who and Jason contacted Goolsby and basically told him Matt sucks. And yeah, yeah. Goolsby, who had done, yeah, Goolsby had done business with Matt a million times before, bought it and believed it. And the whole show fell out from the middle. Matt made a very poor choice. And I, at that point, I, I believe I had popped in and spoken to him. I think I just happened to, on a non-Ghouls Night Out level, bump into Matt and speak to him as yeah. all that was happening. And he briefed me on it. And he had told me that he was like, screw Jason, screw Goolsby, screw this band, screw that band. I'm canceling the show. And I was like, nah, dude, you can't do that. You got these people coming from all over the place, you know. I don't know if I said I'd talk to somebody or, 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 or work it out with this one, work it out with that one, whatever whatever was said. And I had walked away from a conversation with Matt that, that that's what was going to happen. Before I even got home that night, Matt had canceled the show. Oh. Um, which was awful because people had tickets to the show from out of state and everything like that. Um, I worked at the venue Ghouls that I was at. I worked at Thingbats. Right. Um, I was doing nothing to hurt Ghouls and out by any means. I just wasn't involved in it. Um, so at that point, I picked up the ball and I threw what would become the not Ghouls Night Out very secretively. Uh, um, let me tell you, I got I got so much. I I I, I was a jerk for that because, um, dude, I saved the damn day. Let me tell you, and I I, I might be my name became mud for it because. Um, Matt had booked a two day show yeah. um, that was like, you know, super elaborate. And, and I would have never booked it that way. It was, he just bit off more than he could chew. Um, when we had to reschedule it, when I, when I, when I picked up the show where it was, I wasn't going to put myself or any of us on the hook to pay all these bands. I didn't have a whole slew. Of, like he was backing his show up on the merch. I didn't have all this merch to sell. And have and and I wasn't getting involved in the business of it, you know. Like uh, we rekindled the show with the top five bands on the, you know, uh, uh, like you know maybe the top eight. That's bands. what I had seen, and I was just like made it a one day show. Yeah, saved the day, and all the bands beneath were pissed, and my name was on the end of it. Let me tell you. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, I see. So it wasn't a full migration of all the bands from Ghoul's Night Out to whatever this thing was. It was only some of the bands, and so the other bands were not happy. We took all the headlining bands from the uh, from the T show from both nights. I see. And basically, this band wouldn't play with this band, and it was just noble, you know. Like, if you're not going to have these guys, then we're not going to play. And then the bill really started to round itself out because. And that was the show then, you know, like then, then it didn't the, the the place where the party was at. Yeah. Dude, all these people already had tickets to it. All these, you know, so in in the end, we kind of saved you know how much worse it would have been if that show didn't happen? You know, like if all those people had bought tickets in hotel rooms, like like plane tickets, I'm saying I'm talking about tickets to the show the show was cheap wait, wait 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 wait. you're saying they bought tickets to ghouls night out but they still were able to go to your show 
Yes. Oh. He canceled Ghouls Night Out. People had already bought tickets for Ghouls Night Out. Wow. People had bought tickets to fly in to, to go to Ghouls Night Out. Ooh, okay. And people that had like hotels booked and shit like that. Yeah. So I just went to the bar I worked at and said, all right, I'll take over the show. Huh. But I, I think something had happened in the interim or that it couldn't be. T- I believe it couldn't be two days is what really happened. Like that we lost that somehow the second day was lost. And that was fine because I wasn't taking on 30 bands. You know, it was ridiculous. Right. He, uh, he should have never had that many bands. I don't I don't. There's no way I think he, he'd been up more. He could do. I don't think it would have went well if he if he ran it. I don't think he could have afforded it. Maybe, you know, that he had an exorbitant amount of merch. And if he did well on merch that day, he could have taken the money out of the merch, pay the bands. Sure. Right. I didn't have that. I didn't even the have a name for the show. Right, Joe, is what you're saying. The numbers were not right. Yeah. I, in my opinion, I don't think that it, that it would have worked to begin with. But he can't say that. Back. He's bringing back the festival. I salvaged the show for the for the fact for the aspect of uh, I salvaged the show for the aspect of like, dude, you know, I mean, you know, the same people, you know, the people who were coming out to it, you know, like we yeah. these are the same people we see all across the country. They're our friends, man. These we see these people all over the place. They bought plane tickets and hotel rooms, and you know, like, couldn't we put a show on for these people every year, regardless of what it's called? You know, like we, we couldn't screw those people, and I and I knew that I had, I knew that I could make it work with Jason. And I knew I could make it work with Goolsby. And I knew I could make it work at the club because I worked there. So it made it happen. Um, and we had a show that year. And it was good. It just wasn't called Ghouls Night Out. And I wore a Ghouls Night Out shirt on stage that year. Is he bringing it back? He's bringing it back? I saw an Instagram go up. Or is that not? That 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 instance, as well as the the thing with the DVD, very much upset people. Um, and, and, and made Matt Pathetic not the most popular dude. Um, I bumped into him. I saw him at the Misfits show. Dude, uh, as a friend, him? as a friend, I love Matt. He's, he's, very he's, nice. he's never done me wrong, dude. Me, he's never done wrong. I understand how other people might have, fuck, you know, like, I was shocked with them. I wish he lost a lot of weight. I, I, I was with, you know, I bumped into some people. I was with Ramey. It was me, Ramey, and I don't. Do you know Ramey's friend Tim, Tim Deary? Really nice guy. I don't know if you know him. Great guy. I was with all those guys, and I was with my friend Rich, and we, yeah, and we bumped into Matt Pathetic, and it was like crazy. I said, uh, man, yeah. I don't have a bad thing to say about Matt personally. Oh no, I didn't think you did. I just had, you know, I, like, I, I never knew. I was on. I did not know any of the of what had happened. I just saw it from afar. I would always found it to be. I was always curious as to why it just suddenly there was a shift and then he disappeared and that was it. And I just didn't know. I had no idea. You solved the mystery. I, 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 I wish he didn't do the things that he did. And I wish that he didn't go out the way he did. And there are other ways to have gone about it. And, and I, I very much tried to advise him not to do that. Well, well, I can answer that one for you too. <laughs> Matt, Matt doesn't like me to this day. Um, I, I haven't spoke to Matt since I, I tell you if I was it's about whatever day Trioxin Fest got postponed because of the virus. That was the last time you spoke to him? Initially supposed to be in May Trioxin Fest. It got um, postponed um, to alright. Matt was coming back with Ghouls Night Out yeah. in 2020. That was his idea. Basically after Trioxin Fest 
he wanted to make it right. And Matt was doing an excellent job of making it right. He released the, his DVD digitally. He was going out the shows. He was shaking hands, kissing babies, um, yeah. making face with people. Yeah. And, and, and repairing his relationships. He was doing a great job. It was working out well. Um, I was willing to work with Matt and other people were willing to work with Matt despite everything else because he was making the right effort to, to put the show back on and his heart was in the right place. His actions spoke um, loudly to you. Yes. Um, I knew that I would probably take some flack for doing it, but he was my friend and his heart was in the right place and I was willing to gotcha. take that flack. I was. Um, so I had worked it out. I, I guess uh, initially we were never supposed to throw Trioxin Fest again. That was uh, an isolated incident. The second oh, year... Like Joey Ramone's birthday bash? I thought that's what the whole... I mean, that's kind of what it was becoming you know like or that's that's certainly that exact term was thrown around yeah but no the first time the first time that that was literally jason's mother wanted to throw uh, his 40th birthday she wanted it that started out that we were going to get together at a legion hall and and just like a bunch of friends and and one thing led to another man i saw you at that show i was at that show at um at clash bar you guys did that that mr monster thing (laughs) Yep. And um I threw that on 24 hours notice 2 days after my grandmother's funeral. Oh my and God. the day after Jason passed, 2 days after Jason passed, 4 days after my grandmother's funeral, 2 days after Jason well, passed. I went to I went to I went to that with Ramy too. It was a cool night that everyone got together the way they did, man. It was you know what? I saw a lot of people I hadn't seen in years and it was I thought it was very nice. I did, you know, I didn't go to any of that other stuff because I didn't really know Jason that well and I didn't think it was that. I wish you had of man. No. Him and I, I mean, were not- I, I, sure, but but you, you would have been more than welcome than you would have you would have appreciated you having gone. I thought, you know what? I thought just going to the show was a nice way to pay respects to a guy it was. casually known. So it was. I, I think that um the show is incredible. I mean, like Trioxid Fest is incredible. Nice. Even even um I I mean oh, I and this is terrible to say, J- Jason's funeral was was incredible. Incredible. I heard you and Loki talking about it. I I you when you told me that Jerry it was amazing. Before, Jerry only dude, the misfits walk Jerry only walked into Jason's funeral. Yeah. With That's so five strange. other dudes from the crew. Yeah. And what a presence they made walking in the middle of that. Yeah. Let me say, there so many people were at that funeral. It, it was ridiculous. What was Jerry other there as well, or was it just? Uh, um, I don't believe so. If oh, he was, uh, I'm mistaken. Okay. Um, but I mean, obviously, Tut Jason was very close with Tut. With Tut, um, I don't know that guy. Uh, Jamie, Jamie Tatino. Um, Tut was there. Jerry, he was definitely with Jerry. And and let's say three other Misfits cronies from their crew gotcha. walked in, gotcha. full Misfits gear, full Misfits. That's AC Slade was there. Separately. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Oh wait, 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 wait! Pause the tape. Wait, he showed up at he showed up in full Jerry only garb. No, 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 no. Uh, I mean, I mean, the Misfits crew guys showed up in crew gear, is what I mean. Oh, Jerry did. Jerry showed up. Jerry showed up in in standard Jerry only Misfits gear. You know, like 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 Misfits sweatshirt, Misfits fucking hat, Misfits. Right, right, you know, like, right. He wasn't, but he wasn't in. He wasn't streetwear. Yeah, he wasn't no. Sexy. Okay. 
Wow. It was it was incredibly respectful. He was not rude. He was not. That was day to day Jerry. Only. He did not come there and make a appearance by right. no means. Right. It was incredible that he showed up. Um, for any preconceived fan joke that I had ever made about Jerry only, it all changed the moment that guy walked in. I yeah. have so much respect for that guy for that moment. They walked in. It's five dudes, man. They walked in. They didn't make a big deal about themselves or anything else. And walked to Jason's fucking casket. And and they they put all access passes in his coffin. Oh my god. Fucking and 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 if you would have told Jason as a kid that yeah. the misfits and the crew would have showed up and put all access passes in his, you know, like yeah, Jason would have had you kill him right then. Yeah. You know, like it, it was so classy, so respectful, and and like it, I will, I, it changed my my view of Jerry. Only that guy didn't need to be there, dude. You know, you know who, who, who who was he? Who was he impressing by being there? Who was you know like, you know like how was he Jerry cool? Jason was a huge Misfits fan. Jerry was a Jason was a, a Jerry loyal. Jason was always loyal to Jerry. He did yeah. work on the Misfits crew. He yeah. was beloved by those guys. Uh, and he was a friend of Jerry's. And Jerry showed up for him, dude. Yeah. You know, like, he was just a fan. And he was a fan since he was a kid. You know, like, Jason was a little kid, man. Jason was around. And Jerry just remembered him, man. You know? I mean, Jason's got some names with the Misfits uh, uh, outside of um, Mr. Monster and everything like that. You know, like... Uh, the, uh, the under under told story, but um, when Grange goes to hockey camp, <laughs> um, Ralph, the drummer of Empire Hideous or Angel Sin's singer, and Jason, the bassist of Angel Sin, um, they rehearsed my hideous. Right. Yes, I've heard you. You've, I've heard you say. I did not know that. By the way, you, you when you said that on uh, Loki show. Yeah, the Chud and Doyle, apparent from what I understand or from what I'm told, is Chud and Doyle never showed up to rehearse Mike Hideous. They were so not those, because they the were rehearsals about they were not stoked about Mike Hideous. They wanted nope. Mike Graves. They didn't want yeah. Mike Hideous. Mm -hmm. Either one of them. And I believe weren't they the impetus for getting him back in the band too? They wanted they were like, they're like, Jerry, this you gotta get Mike Mike back in the band. This is not working out. I presume I presume, but I, I'm 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 not possible. I've been saying this for years. If you're not doing business with Jerry only, Uncle Jerry, that I mean, there's no that, that dude is so like that dude does is incredibly personable and does such nice things for his fans and whatever. Admire Jerry him. did not need to be there. You know, like yeah. like, like like it was he wasn't uh that there was no PR dude. That was it. Who was he? Right. Jason showed up, he showed up there out of respect for Jason. Had yeah. no one contacted him, no one, you know, like you just heard one of one of the Jason didn't even go to the reunion shows. You know, like is that, as far as reunion, he never maybe got to see it blew that's, my mind. That blew freaking my mind. breaks my heart that you're saying that's, that. That's one of the times that it, um I I I I've been the last couple of times I was in contact with Jason. The last the last email the last text that I had exchange with Jason was a link to Rocky's book 
the teenagers yeah. from Mars, the teenagers. what it was called. Yeah, yeah. I sent him a link to that. At one point, it had leaked, and you could like actually like see a PDF out of, of it. I oh, got really? the PDF, and I sent yeah. I got the PDF, and I sent it to him. Wait, you got that PDF still? I don't know. I'll look. Yeah, I, I I think I might have the link to it still. And yo, give me some material for my. I know. I wish I got it. If I have it, I'll give it to you. But if I'm not mistaken, that I I do still have the link, but I don't think the PDF is live, or the the link to the PDF is live. If it is, it's yours. I'll give it. I'll send. It. Okay. All right. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'll never forget. Um, um you you let me uh, look on your <laughs> laptop for music when we were on tour, and you're like. I forgot what you said. You said something like, how do I know you're not going to like leak all this stuff or something? Oh, no, I know you wouldn't. Now I know you wouldn't leak it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I wouldn't leak it either, dude. Well, yeah, because I'm a hoarder. I hoard. I am, I exactly. I am the least likely to leak anything of anybody, dude, because I love the rare shit I have. What makes the rare shit I have less rare? Sharing it with you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't sharing it with you. Are you kidding me? Why would I share it with you? It's going to make it less rare. I got, stupid, I, I got stupid. I got stupid rare shit. I got stupid rare shit. I wouldn't even tell people about. You had a Excuse bunch me? of Mister Monster stuff on there, and I apparently missed it all. You were like, "Did you get all the Mister Monster stuff?" I was like, "I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about either. I just, you know, I, I heard some cool stuff. It was cool. It was cool. It was very. Oh, you what, know what did you get off me? I I got some stuff. Did you get? Did you get any of my Misfits '95 stuff? Yeah, I have all of that. Duh. All of it. I have all of it <laughs> from from me. Yeah, like you took the entirety of the folder. Yeah, and you got a couple of really rare things then. Oh, I do. Oh, I know. There's, I, there's I, like I, one or two, at least one or two tracks that have never leaked. Bro, I got 15 tracks that are just like, kind of like well, some of that stuff leaked. If we're talking about the same thing. Well, well, I've searched on the internet a whole bunch of times and i n- never seen any of this stuff there's a kid as of recently who has been spilling he's a young kid and he's been spilling the beans homie you would be mortified if you saw the kid this this kid like you'd be mortified and, and and unfortunately the kid is um also not crediting any of the people he gets it from when he does it either i actually saw him taking some of russ's stuff like sharing some of Russ's stuff today, and like, oh, like yeah. bro, I just saw that, oh, wait, you know, Russ, like I, I, Russell Patterson, yeah, like TV casualty stuff, yeah. Such a great guy, I like Russell a lot. He he Dude. reached out to me. You know what's funny? He reached out to me because he started watching my show. I'm going, who is this guy, Russell? He keeps reaching, and I'm like, oh my god, that's the TV casualty guy because I knew who he was because I remember him from my, you know, when he had his sign up. I was like, Steve Zing action figure, All right. you know. Dude, I, I, I gotta I gotta clear this up. Um on your show, Rami brought up that I had sold Russ that yearbook. Remember the yearbook I was talking about before? Right. You were talking about this on Loki's show earlier uh, on Monday or whatever. So I you know, I have no reason to but I thought it was Russ all these years too, man. I remember what Russ looked like back in that day. I was there when it was sold. I really thought it was Russ, but I have no reason to believe that he's lying. Um, maybe he's mistaken. Maybe he, maybe he bought this as well. I just, got got photos. I just saw the photos you shared with me. That's hilarious. Yep. Sorry. There's like, Go ahead, continue. You're, you're welcome to share them on the show. If you can bring them on the screen, bro. Can I? Yeah. Can go I ahead. Sure. Let me, um, give me, give me a that, second. I'll do that. Hold on. That's why I sent them to you, bro. Go ahead. Keep talking. I'm listening. I don't want to um, 
There's two more from that day too. Um, uh, I'm I'm looking for them as we speak. Okay, keep talking. Um, talking. What about saying? Oh yeah, I could have sworn it was like I had the I had the yearbook, man. With all, it was a, a lowdown 1982 yearbook. Mm-hmm. Doyle graduated that year. Yuri graduated that year. Mm-hmm. Judd graduated that year. Steve, right? Steve graduated that year. Um, man, uh, uh, so many people were in were in that year '82. Class yeah, the year I was born, by the way. Mm. Um. So, like, I, I mean, like, to me, when I had my hands on that, my, my friend Wolfer, who runs the Traction Tribute, he was well more about it than I was. Mm-hmm. Like, like he knew what it was much more than I did. And I remember the, the negotiation was this. He traded me, like, 30 Nirvana demos, like bootlegs. Like, remember I was telling you bootlegs were, like, 30 bucks, like, back mm-hmm. in the day? He traded me his entire collection of Nirvana bootlegs in exchange for um, uh, that in exchange for that, in, in exchange for the, uh, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the yearbook. And, and just, so I was like, sure, dude. Wait, 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 come on. Joe, Joe, wait one second. I just want to pause the tape and emphasize, you know, people might be thinking, well, what's, why would you, what, what, what value would a bootleg have that you would trade something like a yearbook? But re- remember in the pre-digital age, Getting rare bootleg tracks compiled on a CD was worth its weight in gold. You didn't have digital files. And they were so damn expensive. And they are so damn expensive. So a young teenager, especially, and, and you always you, you always professed your love for Nirvana when we were on tour. And so therefore, Shh. if Don't I tell told you what mine was, I'll never tell you what mine is. But if I told you what mine is, you probably would stop talking to me. The band, I'm surprised we added no effects tonight. Well, no, but I, I, yeah, in any case, um, yeah, I just wanted to emphasize the, 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 how the, there was, it's, it's a shame. Digitization is a shame because it makes the, the, the beauty of a, of a bootleg and having something super rare and hard to come by on a CD, like it completely takes that away. And so to get your weight in bootlegs of a band that you like is like, mm-hmm. That's irresistible, man. I totally was, understand why you did that. I just yeah, want to say, go ahead. It was it was a bit more than just the bootlegs as well. I believe it was like you know some merchandise, some swag. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've got one more picture to send you, and you, you can show show those things if I you want. Tell you, it's kind of a pain in the ass to put these pictures up, but it's you don't have to. If no. if you want to, you're welcome no, to. No, I want to. You can, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, if not, just laugh, laugh yourself. Yeah, at them. I'm doing it, and I also want to look. Let's look at this this Blitz Kid backstage tour footage. It's friggin' hilarious. Hold on, first. Oh, me... you talk about that Moscow stuff on YouTube? Yeah, let's let's look. At That's that. not yours, right? No, it's not. It's That's something random. you filmed. That's just some, some random kid. Yeah. Someone contacted me about that footage once. Um, and and there's like a moment of, of that footage. Yo, that's that's a me. This is 1998. That is Scott. me. That's Wolfer, dude, who runs Traction Tribute. Oh, and that is me, Chud, and uh, and Wolfer. Is this a rug on Chud's head at this point, or is this? I couldn't tell you, man. And if it is, is it's not my place to say. There's... Even if it was, I wouldn't say. Okay, that's me and Marky. I would work for him. I would be his personal assistant. Twenty years later, let's see who this is. 
Um, Why is that blurry? Is this you? That's you and Kenny. Yeah, I guess that's me and Kenny. Be Kenny. He was the Crimson Ghost then, man. Is that your? Is that Doyle's armband right there? Bro, if I still had that, I'd be so stoked. I I, I, I do not have that anywhere. Yeah, why is that picture not loaded? I don't know. That's real weird. This is my WhatsApp between me and my wife. Whenever I need to send something between computers, I just text random ass links to my wife or like photos, and she just ignores it because she just knows that I'm sending it between my the computer and my cell phone. It's pretty funny because you can't send it to yourself through WhatsApp. I've gotten really addicted to WhatsApp because you, it has a desktop client that allows you, you can instantaneously transfer information from your phone to your computer. Mm, apparently not so instantaneously, huh? Well, not in this case. By the way, I turned Loki on to Mega. I don't know if you're familiar with it. it. Man, you get over 50 gigs of free cloud storage. It's like Google Drive, but like f- you get three and a half times the amount that you do in Google Drive. It's pretty insane. I actually paid for Google Drive earlier this year. Um, I do too. I pay for 200 gigs for two ninety. Yeah, yeah, I, I paid for it. I think I think I got it for 20 bucks actually. Yeah, in one shot. But you, if you have enough time and energy, you can daisy chain mega accounts and get 500 gigs of cloud storage if you really wanted to. Dude, and- I did something really smart. Not to get too off subject here, but I did something yeah. really smart that I, I to, to my credit, it, it was really smart. But I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I'm listening to you, Joe. I just got to pee in a bottle. Keep talking. <laughs> Good for you. Yo, you know what you got to get is those Arizona gallons, bro. That's what it's all about. Yeah. That gallon of Arizona. I mean, like, I don't. I'm not saying anything. I don't know about you, but but for me, it's just right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, that's it's just like a, it's the right. It's the right. Uh, it's the right girth. You know what I'm saying? You can uh you can just uh flop into a Arizona gallon and walk around the room, brother. That's good for a car. Have you oh I got some stuff for you, Jeff. And it's your choice whether you want to share this on the show or not. That is up to you. Um that all depends on uh what it is. What oh, were wait, you just saying? Wait, yeah, it's up to you, buddy. Jump. Before we do that, let's look at this Blitz kid footage. Oh, yeah. Yo, what I was going to say about that is apparently someone contacted me once, and there's footage of me and Stripes in a hallway at some point in that footage. And uh, me and Stripes were um, were, were in a – apparently that footage is also used in, in some Russian reality TV show. Isn't that what and, this is right here? Yeah, apparently that same footage is used in in some like me and Stripes are in some reality show. That's me when I don't. I I probably weigh sixty more pounds than I do in this photo. I want to say. Sad. All right, ready? I'm gonna play this. I, I'm not gonna play it with sound though, in case there's any techno music. Even though Tracy does the funniest thing ever. All right, so here. Oh man, yeah, you should. What good is it if you don't? Yeah, but there's techno in it or something. No, there no, isn't. Yeah, there is. I'll get yeah? That. Are you yeah. sure? I this know. is Tracy spitting funny stuff. Hold on. How do I, how can I check without it bleeding onto, all right, let me just, let's listen. Actually, it's not bad. Hold on. Let me if start. there's music in the background of that, it is so faint, man. 
Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if it would get it. I don't know if you'd get got for it, man. Can you hear this through? Can, can you hear this? Yes. <laughs> Stripes. All that Russian. I still have that hat. This corroborates the the story I told on Loki's podcast about the uh, <laughs> dozens and dozens of beautiful women who just kept pouring into that room and taking their clothes off. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's a kid, Victor, really nice guy, Victor Ward. Ward. Yeah. He's backstage, and this is his friend. Victor Ward's friend and those dudes came to Russia. They, those dudes came from Russia somewhere in Germany. They're on a German show. Yep. Oh yeah. I remember all the snacks. Did you go with, with stripes and ghouls when they got tattooed that day? No, I, you, when you where said were that, you? I have no idea where I was. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. Cause I, I know it was me and Tracy by ourselves. No, I think I was with you guys. No, you definitely weren't. Well, I I mean, wasn't I'm, not, I'm not trying to count you out of the story, bud. I'm, I'm just saying I, I know that it was just the two of us. Bro, I was not with them. But you know what's funny? I spoke about this with Loki. That definitely happens. You know what? It's called in New York. You know what we call it? We call it a steez. S-T-E-Z. You know what a steez is? I hear you say it all the time. And I believe I know what a steez is. But I would love to hear it for sure from you. It's just a down low situation where, you know, a couple of people break off and go do a thing. You know, there's a girl steez, there's a food steez, there's drug steez, you know, just lots of different steezes, you know, where you, you just. It's that like, was the tattoo guy who was only willing to tattoo so many of us and there was only so much time. And I was with you when you and Stripes got your tattoo at that spot somewhere in Germany. And that's when the, my camera fell over. I was so mad. My camera fell over and um, I, I think something cracked. You know what else bummed me out? This recorder, which no longer works. This was the zoom that I took on that tour. This totally broke during the stellar when the, during the stellar corpse is set. In is that Santa. your zoom? That's my, my old zoom that still works, but I, I haven't used it in years. I have like lots of, I remember, Oh, remember the clamps I used to have? Maybe not. That was just more like a, I do thing that I I would just have to do every every show, but um, what was I saying about something? The uh, uh, not about Stellar Corpse's show, not about oh, about where was I? I don't I don't know where where I was when they were getting tattooed and you guys were alone. I don't know what I was doing. I don't know where you were either, dude. You, there's no way. It was just five of us. Five there's no way you weren't you weren't uh, supervised. Hey, well, do you agree? I don't know if you ever heard me and Loki talk about this, um, but do you agree that we were um, supervised, uh, that, that we were um, chaperoned the entire time we were there, whether we knew it or not? I listened to that whole episode, dude. Um, do you believe that there were people following us and watching us and that we I were supervised? talking about that. I'm not saying that you weren't talking about it. I'm saying I don't you have to remember something too. My perspective is way different from your guys' perspective because I was my perspective to- is the entire time that we were in Russia that there were people watching us. That we were followed by people. We we were never alone. That's me. Um, 
I, I, you know what? When we were out, this is great. Can you play the audio here, bro? I will. Hold on, hold on. This was so funny. This it's, was so. Tracy reminded me that this was something that we, Tracy and I, used to do. This, I think we did it in the U.S. too. We had this inside joke about steel butterfly, or ste- he wrote, he wrote on the on the YouTube's. Um, Tracy so, delivers here, dude. Yeah, he does. Hold on. Wait. This was this was hilarious. Wait. Here's your boy. <laughs> oh, that music is going to get me into trouble. Oh, God. It's going to keep talking over it. So hopefully it doesn't get me into trouble. Okay, we get a trip. We get the words. Where Tracy had his baby. Yeah, dude. That was um, you know what? YouTube will let me cut it out if I have to. They they can do that. They can excise it. But yeah, Tracy is hilarious here. And we used to do that all the time. Man, there were times on that tour, especially when it was just Tracy. Steve and I, before you guys came, when they were still recording for Split Personalities, we would laugh. We we would that laugh was... hard. There was we were we were at Tracy's uh, parents' house. He had this digital i uh, this digital picture frame, and 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 uh, you could leave a little message. And we <laughs> there was a lot of turn taking of of just leaving really like you know just yucky, gross messages of like you know my diapers full like stuff like that just like this little kid picture it's really funny um and that that stuff had me just cracking up as did um oh lost you as did the uh um when we were shooting those those sketches those blitz kid um tv sketches we had i don't think any i don't think there's another time where you could say five guys with no drugs, no alcohol, no girls had more fun in an Iowa hotel room than us doing a sketch about a coffee intervention. Oh God, yeah. I mean, that was so funny. That we And all so- off the cuff. Huh? And completely off the cuff. Yeah, dude. It was just so it was just so rare. I don't even know who came up with the idea for the coffee party, but it was well, it's just because Joey drank a lot of coffee. And, you know, another a- another perpetuating of, of of those guys thinking I was like a tough guy. Oh, you mean just because like you were like, because in the sketch, you're like, you're going to beat up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're going to think like I was some tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the parking lot, the eye of the tiger, Tracy sings eye of the tiger. Those West Virginia folks, bro. Yeah, dude. Yeah, this was a this was a killer set you guys played. Uh, us Yankees. Uh... Yeah, you know, you know. Listen, we come. We there is there's definitely a synergy between New Jerseyans and New Yorkers, and you know, um, it's a little bit different um, from the rest of the world. It's uh, you know, it's a, a regional. There's a regional difference, of some kind. I don't know. Where we just have slightly different sensibilities. We we know good pizza, you know. They're just things that we understand. I don't know. Yeah, there's a. I mean, pizza punk. There's a pizza thing I didn't say, man. 
What? It's pretty Go crazy. Ahead. Go ahead. You know, like a couple of years ago, I moved to Tennessee from New Jersey. First time I ever left New Jersey in my life. And I'm pretty like hardcore New Jersey, pretty um, um, pig headed New Jersey, pretty diehard New Jersey. Yeah, that reputation precedes me, to say the least. Um, and I am a, I am a pizza punk to the fullest. Pizza punk. Like you don't even know, bro. I, I, I will challenge your piece of punk in this. <laughs> um, pizza snob, even, you know? So when I moved to Tennessee, mm -hmm. there were things that I said I wasn't going to eat. I, you know, listen, I moved to Tennessee, man. I had already been, I've been on 20 American tours. I knew what the pizza was going to be like. You know, I was well aware. So I, I had made the decision that I wasn't going to eat pizza and Chinese food while I was, and I was going to wait until I went back to New Jersey to eat these things as not to disrespect or soil them. Um, and I didn't. I mean, it's not even an option to eat pizza out here. I mean, there is, but it's like Little Caesars and uh, Little Caesars is your best bet, actually. It's like Domino's, Pizza Hut, Little Caesars. Not even junk food pizza. You know, there's a levels of pizza and you have like Domino's and Pizza Hut are like junk food pizza that have its time and place, depending on the situation. But Little Caesars is on a whole nother level of what the effery, if you know what I mean. Really? Because uh, let me tell you, I would take Little Caesars over the other two. Pizza Hut, um, Bro, uh, you always you distant to me. Regardless Bro. of where I live, Pizza Hut's always the least available. Dude, Little Caesars is like, oh my god, it's like it's it's so bad. It's, it's so cheap. Bad. It's it's cheap as hell. It is and, five bucks for pizza is not bad for yeah. There's just something about it. I don't know. I I prefer it. I can't eat Domino's, dude. Dude, Domino's so much better than that, though. I think it's that thicker uh, crust, man. Little Caesars has the thin crust. Can we know, both like... agree? I've gotten into terrible arguments with Tracy about this, but can we both agree that Chicago deep dish is not pizza? No. No, you know what I like from Chicago is the um the 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 big ass pizzas that are um it's like thin crust and it's cut into squares. When that's they Chicago. take our pizza and they cut it into squares, yeah, pizza. yeah. I mean that, Look, that's Chicago, New Jersey pizza. Listen, deep dish pizza is tasty. I don't have any problem with it. It's not you know why I like you know why I like the the, the square pizza is because it it reminds me of our pizza, um yeah. but I I don't have um any um. Um, uh, idea of how much of it I ate because I'm, you know, I, I have like denominations of how many slices I eat. Right. You know, I eat two slices, or God, you know, I'm really hungry. Maybe I eat four slices. Oh my God, you know. When you get down to those little squares, it, it's really hard to keep track, man. So I kind of like that, like guilty pleasure of, uh, you know, like, oh, did I eat that much pizza? You know, like, oh, I have, you know, like, and it, it, you know, it's it's kind of like home. But let me tell can you, you I got but can you take a pie to the face? I have before. I won a pizza eating contest when I was a little kid. Um, I used to play football when I was a kid, and we had our team won the the like Super Bowl of Pee Wee or fucking junior football. Um, that's the Lost Boys show. Okay. Let me tell you, that is the only pictures of that 
on the internet and I should really have them watermarked, but well, but that's it, man. I, I, I happen to know, listen, Oh, I oh no, Joe, what I'm happened okay. to you? I'm okay. Joe, I made it. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Look at I happen to know two things about this. Yeah. I happen to know two things about it. Okay. What? Um, I am the only person who has ph photography of that show. Um, okay. Alf does not. He was the only other person I know there. If you look in the background, maybe this picture, you can see Jason's then girlfriend, Amy, Amy Sue, sang about an old Mr. Monster songs, standing in the background of it. And she told me that she does not have this. But these photos would be to the contrary. She's holding a video camera. Oh, wow. It's recorded? So Cool. She says it isn't, dude, but she's holding a video camera in these pictures. I'm sure, I'm sure. I've never seen photography from this show that it wasn't mine. But look at Judd's face right here. Just look at it. All right. Explain this to me. This Have you I've, seen these before? I've seen these before. That's how I, far Jason goes back. Right. But here's what I don't understand. So I do want, I, I had heard. So what? Jason gets confused for Michael Graves when he was roadieing for them or something. And like, is like, that's you know, years later. That, that's, that's years later. This is okay. well before that, dude. All right. So this what is, is, um, does it say the year on it? Yeah. Uh, what does it say? It says 98. Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't happen for two more years. Nope. Okay. This was just a show at theater convention, man. Wait, so is that Jason, the same one? Wait, Jason roadied for them in the year? This would have to be, you know what? This can't be 98. This has to be earlier than that, man. It's got to be 97. Because Chile Theater, April 98 is the one that I just showed you pictures from before. Huh. The picture of me looking like a nerd is yeah. absolutely. I, I happen to know it because I was on, I, I was checking out a TV casualty and I, he, he <laughs> had there. Wow. Isn't that funny, man? You know, it's interesting when you That's think baby about Jason, how, dude. you think about how young Doyle is, man. This is absolutely that. That picture is incorrect. It is absolutely 97, not 98. Doyle's like 32 years old. Played the Misfits. He's only 32 years old. Dude's been playing with the Misfits since he was 16. It's crazy. What a crazy that pic thing. These pictures are from Misfit Central. Like that screen grab is from Misfit Central. So, it's but still so there, still. Michael Graves, what he used to, people used to confuse him for Michael Graves all the time. Yeah, I, I guess when Michael joined the band, that, that, that Mike Jason was always around. Yeah. And uh, yeah, people would confuse him when he would go to like, because he was at everything. Yeah. So I guess when he would show up, like, for instance, at that show, Michael wasn't there. That's the first time I played with Michael Graves and Chud. That's the Lost Boy show. Mm. I'm playing Doyle's Ice Man. Let me, play many times going forward. let me ask you a question. What a hunk of junk. Let me ask you a question, Joe. Mm -hmm. Did you, you heard me talking with Loki, right? Did you see yeah. that episode? Yeah. What do you think of my theory about your story with Mike? When, when you guys parted ways, do you think that is, is that accurate or was that? Uh, I'm, I'm not positive what you're talking about. When you were talking about the shirts, Oh, yeah. You know what, man? As a matter of fact, you said about that um, made more sense than the way I ever put it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I mean, like you were absolutely right. I just never put it that well. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the Madison Scare Garden shirt. That was my whole point. Yeah. You're right. When I turned to him and I said, man, I'm, that Madison Scare Garden shirt was in there. You were talking about your friendship. You weren't talking about the shirt. Yeah. And he said, 
I don't and care. He, about and that was the last straw about the shirts that he was willing to hear. Yeah. I, I mean, it was probably the second or third. Like, I just, like, I had made the point that, like, man, because it was crazy to say what I was saying is, like, I had lost, bro, just the bases alone, I lost, like, $3,500 for the bases, you know, yeah. like, before my gear, before my pedal board, before right. you were thinking about cables, wireless systems, bro, you know, like, the shirts, no one, no one, and I understand it, it was foolish of me to bring all that stuff on the road, but nobody would ever understand, nor did I have any idea the appraised value of the t-shirts that I had lost on that tour. No one else lost clothes on it, and no one else would have cared if they did. Yeah, but forget about the literal, the literal... But for, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, um, he's referring to... Um, in 2016, uh, in Michael Gray's band, our, our trailer got stolen off the back of our van. We lost all of our gear. Um, I, because I'm a maniac, would, um, you know, or maybe I'm not a maniac. You know, uh, I'm in a rock and roll band. You know, like, I have a collection. Look at that, look at that picture, bro. Yeah. It's Mr. Monster and Blitz Kid. Kids, bro. Wow. I'm like 16 years old there, 17 years old. That's the day I met Jason. Wow. That picture. I said, it's cover band, dude. I was 14. Hmm. Crazy, right? Uh, you guys go back a long ways. That's long crazy. Long. I have both the t-shirts that we're wearing in that picture. And I have them to this day. They did not get you stolen. Didn't, you didn't lose them in the trailer? No, I don't even know how I ended up with Jason's t-shirt. That Army Darkness shirt, I have no idea how I ended up with it, but I did. That's that's a nice keepsake to have. Right? It's crazy. The the Earth AD shirt I'm wearing lost its sleeves over the years. You know, you know it'd be really crazy, Joe. I mean, you're gonna you're, you're just gonna say, Jeff, shut up. But you know it'd be really crazy mm. if Frankenstein the two shirts together. Why? <laughs> I don't know. They both like, work. They, they I can still wear both of them. They even still fit. It's incredible yeah. that I have them. I can't even believe it. It's like a freak occurrence that i still have right so long story short you guys had gotten your stuff stolen this was the second long time story short dude i was in a rock and roll band for 20 years man i collected t-shirts since i was a little kid i was like you know like i had more misfits sam and danzig metallica puss head shirts i collected puss head shirts like i had an excellent collection i'm good at not losing things so i had a lot of 90s t-shirts you know what fucking like what old 90s t-shirts are worth on ebay and stuff yeah. Like, so who I would never have sold these things anyway. So I had no idea what they were worth. And, you know, like, and I'd never considered it before. But I happened to remember, and I have pictures of the, of the luggage. Um, and I was known to do it. But um, I had 100 t shirts in this suitcase. Like, I would bring, I would pack for tour and I'd have like regular stage clothes and all this stuff. And then I'd have this other suitcase that I knew fit about 100 shirts. Um, that I'd always bring on the road with me. And that would be like my dresser. I would keep that in the trailer and I would right. just you throughout the, every week, you know, just switch it out. So I, I don't want to wear the same shirt after every show. So you I was constantly switching. Um, I was folding them on that tour actually because I had three columns of folded shirts that just worked oh, better wow. on that tour. I don't know why. That time they were folded. Um, but dude, I lost every old Misfit shirt I had. Every old Metallica shirt I had, old gun shirts, everything Puss had that I ever had, anything I had since I was a kid. Yeah, but uh, a rare Misfit shirt from ninety from the day I met Michael, or the, the day we shook hands. You know, 
Right. So the here's my here's my but here's the thing that yeah, I, I know about that story from an outside perspective, hearing you guys talk about it as a listener on a podcast, listening to the story. What I found most interesting about it, not just that it was the personification of your friendship, that like this old shirt that had lasted for so long. Maybe it's like the the story the storyteller or the screenwriter in me that like made me think of it like this, like the subtext. I know uh-huh. this is your real life. This is not like a fictional story, but that's how I was viewing it when I was listening to you talk about it. And that's not to You're trivialize. Right. It's not to trivialize your life or to say like, oh, you know, your life is. I'm just saying that that's how I looked at it. And so my, but then here's my next question: Is does if you know in that moment, obviously maybe not the best time to bring up the shirts maybe and i'm not saying I'm, i am not saying this is the fact i'm i'm just i'm theorizing myself i'm thinking in my head maybe you're bringing up the shirts because it's the you you've got you're you're in this moment of terrible uh distress all of you guys um and you've been through a lot together and it's almost like a like a backdoor way of talking about how look at all the stuff we've been through and but instead of talking about it like friendship, you're talking about it through T-shirts and it comes what, out as T-shirts. What's, what's of- kind of strange about that is that I, I think what um my perspective was was unique to everyone on the road at that time. Um, I was, aside from Michael, I was the only person there who was there 10 years earlier when that had happened already. Ah, so yes. our, our gear had gotten stolen 10 years earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and listen, I had heard a lot of shit. I had heard a lot of, pro- there had been a lot of promises made to me. Everything will be okay. We're going to make this right. Um, we're going to get everything back the first time but, around. Yeah. The first-, the first time around. And that, that just wasn't true. And this was the John Nelson guy. Um, it wasn't John Nelson's fault, but sure. He was, he was John Nelson oh. didn't want us to have any type of, he didn't want us to accept any charity. Because he thought it looked um, cheap, you know, um, and and we were told that we'd be taken care of, and everything would be okay. That's not what happened. Uh, me and Jason replaced all of our gear ourselves. Um, going forward, ten years, going into that tour, I was still replacing gear from ten years earlier. To be completely honest with you, um, uh, I knew damn well unlike anyone else in that situation that all the, the things that were being said to me I, I i knew what was ahead i knew that things weren't going to be okay i knew i i, I just been through it man. Oh, you mean so so any comforting any comforting thing that anyone said to me yeah or saying to any of us was was different for me um and i understand morale and i understand um not to scratch the record or be a pill or, 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 or act a jerk. And I kept my mouth shut is what I did. When that happened, I probably didn't say a word for the next 24 hours. And I think in my not saying a word for the next 24 hours, probably pissed everyone else off more than anything. Cause I just kind of went into my own shell. I didn't bother anybody and talk to anybody and say anything. I just kept my fucking mouth shut. Apologize. Kept my mouth shut and I kept to myself. When I finally, the next day, had brought up, man, you know what was in? Because, you know, I'm assessing what was in that bag for the next, to this day, to be honest with you. 
I still look for shirts and I don't know what I have and don't have. Messed up my collection forever. When I realized that shirt was in there and I turned to Michael and I said that, it was probably me breaking that silence and me breaking out of that shell and saying something like, uh, or, you know, um, gotcha. Uh, you know, like that, that was me reasoning, you know, and, and, and I understand Michael's um, perspective. He's not a sentimental guy. He doesn't, you know, like at all, none of those guys were, you know, so none of them were taking it like that. Um, like I said, the only other person who had been there when that had happened the first time was Michael. Michael didn't lose anything the first time. He didn't lose anything the second time either. You know, maybe a bin full of t-shirts, some merchandise, you know, that was, so there's nothing sentimental. There was nothing he bought and paid for himself. There was nothing, you know, like nothing. You know, I'm sorry. You know what? I think the trailer was his to be completely fair. I believe I'm not even, yeah, I believe the trailer was his. So he lost his trailer. Yes. That was shot. But, um, that stuff that it, it, a trailer is a lot easier replaced than who knows how much gear, anything sentimental, anything like that. And and it, listen, it wasn't fair of me, and it's not fair of me to compare anyone's anything to anybody. Everyone's is equal at that point, dude. That's not fair. Right. But 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 you know, at the same time though, it's not even. But it's not. But you said, and you said this just earlier, a few minutes earlier. You said things were things were already coming to a head even before that, or the that was the inciting incident. The, the band wasn't getting along. Gotcha. And so, and I I was an outsider in the situation. I I had somehow through the years and did, in the dynamic of the band in the situation, I was an outsider. Okay. Um, I, I was. I was I was um, I was a fan. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, the 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 lineup of the band was was very um, jockey, so to speak. You know, is it, it was just a very different mentality than where I came from. You know, like I, I had I'm a fucking horror punk kid, man. You know, like I I, I was seeing those shows. You know, I, like I had much more in line with the fans that come to see our shows than the dude. Loki didn't grow, you know, I'm not saying Loki's a poser or Loki didn't belong there or anything like that. Loki was certainly around. He didn't grow up listening to Misfits. Michael didn't grow up listening to Misfits. They they fell into it. Nor did Tony, the drummer before that, and nor did Quinn. That was a a gig to those dudes. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying anything about them. They're fucking all good friends of mine, all fantastic musicians. It doesn't sound like that at all. Don't worry. That's not where I'm going with this. But I my perspective was different, man. You know, like I, it, 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 it was just different, man. And, and like, I, I just, I was the outsider in the situation, man. You know, like I was, I was much more a nerd as to those dudes. There wasn't even a collector in the band at that point. You know, like it, it, we'd be much more, those dudes, the van banter would be much more about the news and hockey and football or baseball. There would never be with the misfits. Or or horror punk or Danzig or you know like you know I I somehow in that band was the outsider dude to me it was like 
pretty bizarre. It, it was a slow burn. It took like two, three, two years for me to be like, wow, man, am I alone here? You know, like, you know, like uh, I, I was, and, and it, it was weird for me, man. That's why it was easy for me to walk out of the situation too. But yeah, man, it, what you said, what you said is true. Um, and I, and I never looked at it that way. You're right. It, it, I, I wouldn't have looked at it that it symbolized our friendship in when I said that, but you're right. It did. Um, and you're right. That's kind of what I meant by it. You know, like that when I turned to him and, and, and said that, that's what I meant. You know, I, it, um, I wouldn't have put it as eloquently as you did, but yes, you're absolutely right. You know, it, it, it was a, uh, Hey man, that was the first time we met. Remember that? Bummer, dude. That's all it was. That was like, my, you know, my attitude was, yeah, but you man. Can but, but Joe, Joe, you could tack on so much more to it too. In the sense of like, Hey, that's the first time, uh, uh, this is the first time we met and look, here we are now. And we've been through this thing before too, whether you intended it or not, like, well, as you said, you're trying to, you're trying to, uh, ease out of your shell and sort of re-enter, you know, yeah. proper communication. And it's like, I you know, think I had scratched the record and pissed those guys off more by not saying anything than I ever could have by saying anything, you know? But like I said, man, I wasn't going to tell, I wasn't going to be like, listen, I've been here before. This isn't going to go well. Nothing's going to be okay. You know, how could I have said I mean, that? And I wasn't going to say that. And I didn't say that. that. What are you supposed to say in that situation? You know, nothing. That That's, that's what I did say. I said nothing. And you want to know something? It's like what I said on my show with Loki too, about the thing about when you tour with people and you and I have toured together and, you know, like the idea of like, you see a person, you see a person, not just their best one hour, like, like you're going to get the best one hour of that person at that show when they're trying to do their best to fucking, you know, kiss babies and shake hands and put 150% into the show. But the other 23 hours are like, you know, varying degrees and shades of gray. And, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's like a, it's like an ellipsis around the sun, you know, there's the f closest part of the sun and then there's the farthest away uh, from the sun. And, you know, you're, you're revolving around and around and it's like, it's like, uh, it's tough, man. It's tough when you're with a bunch of dudes and like that, you know, it's, it was, it was weirder because there were dudes I, I, you know, I, I, I that you came up with. Dude. Yeah, dude, you know, like, you know, Man, I mean, we had we had started playing together in 2003. That was 2016. You know, like, yeah, 13 years. It's a long time. You know, definitely a long time, for sure. And you you walk you walked away at that point, knowing that you were probably never gonna turn back. You were just like, I'm out. This is this is done. I had walked away at that point. I didn't know. Um, uh, a couple of days later, it changed. Um, I, I had left on the last two tours saying to myself and even saying to my girlfriend, um, that, that it was the last time I was going to do it. Oh, really? Like, you know? Yeah. Um, and my heart wasn't in it, man. And, and, and those guys might've been a little right about it. I don't know if they said it or if they realized it then or, but, but uh, you know, that, that, that who I was in spirit and what I was good at and, and where I came from wasn't appreciated or respected, yeah. you know, like, like that I became an outsider in a band that I'm probably the biggest insider was like, it's like this dude, we're like, this dude's name is on the kitchen. He was in the damn misfits. And he was like, you know, like, 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 
I grew up on this shit. Did you ask Michael all sorts of questions over the years, or you mostly try? You didn't want to be that guy. Through the years, oh, dude, me and Michael were were, were he's was wasn't and and hopefully still is arguably one of my best friends. Uh, a couple times, dude. Yeah, I, I can't. I spent. Um, we did four coast to coast tours, just me and him in in a right. two seater truck. Right. I mean, it's it's two years, dude. And then we spent two years together. Double, double tree, right? Combined. What? Excuse me. Double tree or Radisson? What was that? You were you, when you told me about you told me about that time when we were on tour and you were like, "What was the hotel that you guys like to stay in when you were in?" The uh, it was always the it was always choice hotels, dude. Oh, Comfort okay. Inn. Comfort Inn. Okay. Yep, we were we were like gold platinum in your face. Members. Right. That's what it was. You know, that is a great way to tour, though, with such low overhead, right? You're just That's great, dude. That's why I kept working. No, it was just the two of us. We were making the same money that we were making when it was a full band. Wow. It was acoustic. We had all the gear that we had, merchandise, guitars, stool, and everything fit in our two hands. You know, like we had four hands and we could carry everything. The whole load in, load out was in four hands, dude. We had yeah, a truck that held just the two of us and no one else you know it's interesting it was amazing dude it was awesome you i remember when we were with blitz kid you you were not i don't know what your the exact the relationship you and you and michael were strained or something there was some you guys were not tight at that moment i don't think when we were touring with blitz kid am i correct on that um yeah we were probably estranged at the moment there were there were some you know like i mean there was no beef i wouldn't say right you know, like I, I, we weren't we weren't homies but um it's kind of par for the course um in that but situation but eventually you go you came back you came back into the full well i was trying to make sense of all this when he had his meltdown i was trying to like tell the story when's his um, meltdown Loki said i did a pretty good job but um at one at some point after blitz kid you you and Loki were you got you guys came back into the fold. Well, me and Loki had been three tours into Darrow. Yeah. Um doing well. Um which to tour, me, which Darrow tour was the one before Blitzkid? The second or the first? The yeah, third? it was the second one. No, that was the first one. The first one. Oh really? Yeah, I, I had left on the first Darrow tour. We had completed it and before I, I, I left on dude. I left on a tour with Darrow, our first tour. Yeah. I came without going home. I left the Darrow tour, went to West Virginia, did two rehearsals with Blitzkid. Where went I would- back coast to coast again with Blitzkid. Came back, played Ghouls Night Out with three bands. Yeah. And that's wow. where that summer ended for me. And, that, and then we came home for three months. Not three months, my ass. We came home, what, for two no, months? A month weeks. and a half? Six weeks. Six weeks? Yeah, most of which was getting visas to go to Russia. Yeah, um, you had no problem. I don't think I had a problem with Tracy. You had the problem. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, nonetheless, I I had to speak to all you jabronis through it. So I mean, you didn't have to speak it's just you I was fine, bro. You want the the over? after party of that Ghouls Let Out lasted at my house for three weeks, bro. I had Germans at my house for another two weeks after Ghouls Let Out. Are you kidding? <laughs> I remember oh, the day at least a week, yes. I'm exaggerating two weeks, but at least a week. 
I crashed and my wife picked me up the next day and I bounced. That was a lot. Oh, dude, I, I was, I had people at my house for another week after Golden out. Wow. So, I mean, like I had five weeks between that and the Blitz Kid tour. We leave on the Blitz Kid tour. We're gone for how many weeks then, right? We come back for Thanksgiving. Then. I think it was three weeks each, not including uh, rehearsals or whatever. No, we were gone for longer on the European tour for sure. But there's video of me pretending to be Tracy Bird talking to the Russian embassy in New York City trying to get I was like, this might be good for the documentary. So I recorded myself going, oh, yeah, I'm Tracy Bird. <laughs> I'm Tracy Bird, blah, 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 blah. And, um, and it was funny when you guys were talking about it because I was like, how did that end up? And it was Marco. Marco was the one who got it, got it uh, rammed. It Liz Gruesome had something to do with that scenario, and too. Liz Gruesome, right. I did not. I forget, shout out to Liz Gruesome, who much later after, you know, I had met Liz Gruesome through you guys and Blitzkin and staying with you guys. But, you know, Liz Gruesome. Amazing human being. One of the most, she is, she is literally the most talented human being I've ever met. We love you, Liz. We love you, Liz. We love you, James, too. That um, kidding. Freaking, freaking, she did all the art for my feature length film. I hired her. Yeah. Because I loved her art so much. Damn smart of you, dude. She, she did so most of, most of Dar anything Daryl that James Rowe didn't do is Liz. Our logo, our. Tardude or oh, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, Return of the Living Dead. So in my basement here, you see my basement here? Is, this is your basement? I would have guessed it wasn't I would have guessed it was an upstairs room, to be honest with you. Do you really think so? No, this that's a basement window behind me. I'm actually wow. about to redo everything. I really would have guessed it was a second a second floor room. And I have to say something. Someone said something at the last episode. My girlfriend yeah. sees me watch your podcast, and she always yeah. says, I just want to write to him and, and tell him to take that blue tape down. Bro, everybody Can he just fix the blue tape. He says it all the time. Everybody has made comments ever since I became like a podcasting personality or whatever. The hell I love that you don't care. I don't care. It's punk rock, man. It's not even about punk rock. It was utilitarian. I needed those lights to stay up. I had blue painters tape. I put it up. I don't care. I truly don't care. It does I'm not surprised your lights have lasted that long. I'm sorry. I'm surprised that your lights lasted that long without puttering out. Dude, the um the LEDs. Oh, okay. Really, really, they're great. Hold on, I'm about to show you something. I want to show you for, for the full effect of the it's not really a story, but I think you'll appreciate this. And then I want to talk about your POV of 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 Georgia because Georgia. I, yeah. We never played Georgia. No band I've ever I think I played Georgia once in my life. Bro, you you were in you were with me in Georgia in Augusta, Georgia. We played Georgia. Yes. On the Blitz guitar. Augusta, Georgia. Yep. Why? Uh, Where? Ask ask. Uh, what was the name of that tour agent you guys were always mad at about? You know. I don't know. You do know that the guy who was the guy that used to you guys used to always bust his balls or Goolsby and Tracy would always make jokes about uh, the guy who booked the tour all funny. That was my first tour, bro. I don't know. Hold on one second, though. Let me. That was my first Blitz Kid tour. I don't know. Oh, wait, that's not going to work. Hold on one second. One second I figure this out. And I'm entering the broadcast studio. To, to before before we leave that. Ah. Okay. Hello? I heard Jeff. Hey, can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
<laughs> Wait, hold on. It's Are there three of you right now? Or okay, I, I get it. I get it. I, I thought that this third Jeff was pre-recorded. No, no. This is how I. This is how I like. If I have to travel in my basement and I'm doing the show, I just hop on my phone. So for full. Of, first of all, here's the Liz Gruesome art. That you That's Liz Gruesome's art. Is this for Romeo's distress? Yeah, dude, I've never seen that. I'll, I'll send you a screener. Word. I'd love to see it. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for, for your interest. So my son comes. This is my base. Oh, you'll, you'll like this too, Joe. I showed this on my last. You like that, Joe? I'm sure you dig that. What are you, Chuck Biscuits, bro? I, I just, man, they came out in 2014. I, I ate all the cereal and I stuffed the boxes up, you know. Um, but wait, wait, wait. Here's what I wanted to show you. Okay. So my son comes down into the, into the basement. This is like my office. Oh, you'll like this too. This is the last thing. How, how old is your son now? He's five. So Sorry. he comes down into the basement and he walks in. This is the first thing that he sees. Can you see nice. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sees my he sees my posters or he sees this one too. Right? That's awesome. And so he goes, Daddy, who is that? He goes, Daddy, what is that? Daddy, what is that? And I start to tell him like like the story of of, of Return of the Living Dead. I tell it to him like a little kid and I, I point out the characters. He goes, he goes, daddy, who's that? I go, that's Freddie. He goes, who's that? That's Tarman. I don't want him to know the, the name suicide. So we call him Susu. He's Susu. <laughs> and so I point out all the different names and he's named. Oh, that's Scuzz. That's Casey. That's Chuck. He knows all the, all the characters. And then that's I tell awesome. him, this, I tell him the story of how I'd say, um, Freddie and Frank were sitting in their office and all of a sudden, Freddie asked Frank what the weirdest thing he's ever seen is. And my son. I'm going to tell you, the weirdest thing I ever saw is. <laughs> you ever seen so, that movie, Night of the Living the Dead? dead? Yeah, that's the one with the zombies taking over the world. And you see this right here? So he thinks that's where the tar man lives. He thinks the tar man lives in that tank. And so I've seen son, weird things come and I've seen I've weird, seen things, weird go. things go. Um, thing I ever did see. <laughs> but he is he is terrified of the tar man. And he's never I told him this. I said, you can watch the movie. You can watch the movie when you turn 10 years old, because that's how old I was when I saw it. But I'm not gonna let you see it until then. My girlfriend's five-year-old kids have seen that movie before. Um, yeah. And and, and the only thing, the only, we just fast forward to the, through the trash scene. And, and, and to be completely honest with you, I have five-year-old niece and nephews, and they can't watch Gremlins. Yeah. My girlfriend's kids can watch anything. It's amazing. It's amazing. They're, they're afraid of nothing. I don't know what it is. But no problem with Return of the Living Dead. They've seen it once, I believe. It's not a regular, of course, but uh, they begged to see it based on the cover, so. I did not show it to them. Yeah, but what happens is he asked me a hundred questions about who. Hold on, I got an echo. And nothing else, like of all the things in your room, that's the that's the. Is it is it eye level that, that like you know? He just dude. It's cartoony just, looking, maybe. He just saw it one day, and he goes, "Dad, what?" Yeah, maybe it was eye level, but he he sees it one day, and he goes, "Dad, what is that? Why? What is that?" And he just asked me a hundred questions, and you know what that is. 
You know what that is, Joe? That's kinder trauma. I, I know because I had it. And what kinder trauma is, it's, it's when you're terrified and absolutely captivated and absorbed at the same time. And you ask 100,000 questions, even though it scares the crap out of you. And, you know, I honestly, I'm dying to show it to him. Yeah. He's just too young, bro. He likes Little Shop of Horrors. He loves the he loves Audrey too. Feed me. Yeah. Oh, he sings the songs, man. He knows it all. But like, do you Tarman. do you remember what got you into horror movies? Or like, do you remember the first time you were scared? Or like, yes. do you remember like where or, or not not even what got you into horror movies, but um, where your fascination with scary 